BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Yo, this is Rich Ladder here. We are across the street from MSG. NY, baby. New York City, Madison Square Garden. Hey, y'all boy, come on. Yeah, man, Jeremy Donovan here from Keeping It Strong Style and Social Suplex. We're here with one half of the IWGP. Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. Hey, one half of Gorillas of Destiny, but one whole of Tama motherfucking Tonga. Realists of the realists. Hey, ain't nobody realer than Gorilla. Yo, this is Rich Ladder from One Nation Radio. This is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We present to you the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Let's go. It's the Ace of Podcasts, keeping it strong style. Covering New Japan, they ready to hold it down. Jeremy Donovan and the young boy Josh. Come and hit a job out in Barrio the Frost. From Tokyo Dome over to the G1. Social Suplex is the network where we can get it done. I'm a chiller. Let them have it Cause this is just an intro Keeping the strong style Six stars from the get go Boy Yeah from Tampa Bay To the Tokyo Dome This is keeping it strong style With your host Jeremy Donovan And the young boy Joshua Smith And thank you for listening Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style The ace of podcasts On the Social Suplex Podcast Network Jeremy Donovan here with the young boy Josh Smith On today's show we'll be discussing the latest Special Super Juniors and World Tag League shows Answering your questions and covering all this news In the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling You can support our show by subscribing to the Social Suplex Podcast Network Or to Keeping It Strong Style Only podcast app of your choice And leaving a rating and review you can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Check out our Pros and Tees store, prosandtees.com slash socialsuplex. That's where you can get your official Keeping It Strong style t-shirt. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider making a one-time or monthly donation by visiting socialsuplex.com slash donate and clicking on the donate button under the Keeping It Strong style logo. This week's episode is brought to you by the NJPW EXT, the only browser extension for njpwworld.com. 
with features like dark mode, improved translations and layouts, custom and shared playlists, synchronizing parties, and much, much more. It takes NJPW World to the next level. You can visit NJPWEXT.US today for details. Young boy, how you doing, man? Ladies and gentlemen, we are coming to you on a Sunday afternoon. And, uh, hey, you know, this Pedro shit is cool, but we need to wrap this up as quick as possible because the Fed is on tonight and the big dog is fighting, uh, what's Drew McIntyre's nickname? The Scottish Psychopath. The Scottish Psychopath for brand supremacy. I mean, who doesn't want to see that shit? So, you know, we're, we're, we're going to try to give you the best coverage we can, but, uh, you know, we need to make it quick, chop, chop, because uh, the big show's on tonight. <laughs> oh, boy. So, yeah, so <laughs> special early edition uh, this week. So this show will be dropping on Monday, and then going forward we'll be dropping late Tuesday, uh, early Wednesday morning will be the new schedule going forward. Uh, yeah, my, my wrestling trainer big-leagued me, so I big-leagued the show, and that means me and Jeremy are big-leaguing you guys. So, <laughs> and, and, plus, and I expect you as listeners to big-league somebody else in your daily life and just keep the chain going. Right. And plus, this is a Thanksgiving week. Uh, Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday for us here in the United States. So I know a lot of you guys will probably be taking time off or getting ready to visit family. So... What better way than your travels to have a keeping a strong style early for you for your Thanksgiving preparations as you're in the kitchen, you know, carving up the turkey. You have some uh, keeping a strong style in the background. Yeah, absolutely. You and the family and the kids and the relatives, the neighbors, grandma, everybody, you know, you guys sitting around the table turning on keeping a strong style, (laughs) (laughs) listening to our sweet, soulful, you know, voices as we break down all the latest in the world tag league and uh the okay of the super juniors it's gonna be really good <laughs> yes make it a, a time honor tradition what should it be uh because this clearly is not the best of the super juniors so the pretty good of the super juniors the adequate of the super juniors what is this the the, the really good of the super juniors i don't know what to call it um yeah passable re- the passive the passable of the super juniors it's fine of the Super Juniors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, don't, I, I can't call it the best of the Super Juniors. That would be a lie. And dude, you you know how you know this is not a real <laughs> best of the Super Juniors. They still have the guardrails up. Yeah, dude, I don't care about no COVID. My best of Super Juniors <laughs> needs to have guardrails down. So people can go out there and do their tope con helos and their their moonsaults and flips and dives and, you know, not have to worry about crashing into the guardrail. You mean to tell me Fantastic Mania is not going to have guardrails in January? We might not have a Fantastic Mania. <laughs> Wait, you mean to tell me that because of COVID, we're not even going to have a Fantastic Mania? <laughs> what kind of fucking world are we living in? <laughs> well, if we do, I hope that the, the luchador now known as COVID-19... <laughs> or be on the tour. Have you have you seen that? Uh, I saw something in the group chat that you guys posted where like someone like hypothesized: Is there someone cashing in on this? Is there you know a luchador with that name? And then, lo and behold, there absolutely was one. Yeah, there was some six man tag, and in a COVID COVID nineteen was COVID nineteen. <laughs> 
was uh, featured on the card. Uh, what is what is nineteen in um in uh, Spanish? Do, do it, is it DS nueve? I think. COVID DS nueve. Oh man! Oh my God! I hope they have a Fantasca Mania, but they try to make do without the the luchadors, just like they have for all the other, uh, you know, big shows and tournaments this year. So like, we still get Fantasca Mania, but it's just like Tanahashi, Taguchi, Taguchi. Yeah, show will be um, you know, Raijin or whichever one he is, Fusion or Raijin. Um, D- Doki for sure. Yeah, you um, know, shit like that. I hope that that's, and I hope like uh. I hope they fight for CMLL uh, briefcases. <laughs> That's what we need. More more briefcases in New Japan. We're, we're, we're clearly stalling because we don't want to talk about Tag League and Super Juniors. So we're making like a three-month early joke about Bestest or about, uh, you know, Fantastic Mania. Like we're, we're, we're already going to the well. Like we're going to have to tell these exact same jokes again later on the podcast and hope people don't remember because uh, – you know, we're still going to have to talk about that later on. Right. Well, this, this kind of leads into the first question from our friend Rich over at One Nation Radio. It says, how much, how fun was watching this, Leo, how fun has this watching this Leo tournament been? Uh, well, would you call it watching it <laughs> if, if you're only quasi watching it? I mean, I don't know. I think it depends on what kind of activities you pair with it you know for me it's mostly going to be you know doing research projects for the year-end awards folding laundry vacuuming stuff like that (laughs) i'll tell you you know we've been watching uh some matches to finalize the excursion match of the year category for our uh 2020 year-end awards and and that's been a little bit more enjoyable (laughs) than some of these matches Oh, for sure. It's because I scoured the bowels of the excursion match of the year list and, and I produced bangers. So they're absolutely going to be good matches when you watch them. Whereas there's no guarantee uh, with these super junior matches, especially when it comes to the, the tag league matches. But, you know, the, the funny thing, we should have buried too much. It's not that any, I haven't seen anything bad. It's just a mid. Oh, this is the mid of the Super Juniors. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Not 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 been the great. I mean, there there've been a, a few uh, great matches, but definitely not what we're used to um, in, in the springtime. We're technically what three or four nights into uh, Super Juniors three. So at this point, everybody's had three matches. Yeah. Okay. Wow, it feels like it's been going on forever. That's the other thing is because you've got the two uh, tournaments paired together, but it it's one night on, one night off. It it's taking forever to get through it, and I I'm not a fan of this format at all. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, you know this will be the last year that we'll have to deal with a format like this. You know what the problem is? It's just that World Tag League is already this like arduous chore that we undertake every year and we do it you know we we grit our teeth down we buckle down we get through it but then now they're saying like oh and you gotta watch this too and it's not been a joy to add the extra you know matches even if they are good some of the time like it's just adding to the burden like this feels way i'll be honest this is the, the hardest tournament 
series I've ever like tried to get through. And I'm not even watching it faithfully the way that I normally would another, <laughs> you know, any other tournament that we that we normally cover. So, yeah, well, let's uh, stop stalling. Let's get into it. Let's start off with uh, best of the Super Junior, and we will go over uh, just kind of these guys' performances as far as they're ranked out here, like we typically do for tournaments. So let's start with uh, somebody who's tied on top of the block here, El Desperado. He has four points, two wins, and one loss on November 18th. Desperado defeated Hiromu Takahashi, and then on November 20th, he defeated Young Lion Yuya Yumura. So thoughts on Despi so far? Desperado is definitely having um, a really good tournament. Um you know, sitting two and one, his his one loss came to Taguchi. Um, the win over Hiromu is huge, uh, just given the the fact of the matter that Hiromu is one of the biggest stars in the tournament. Um, he did it through nefarious means. Obviously, he used the chair. Uh, we've alluded to the fact that these guys have, you know, a, a sordid history, and it's a long and sordid history at that. Um, so that really played into. You know, the pre-match promos, the build-up to the match, you know, this might, if if we were to be doing, say, a junior feud of the year, this probably is the junior feud of the year. Um, that's not really saying much, but I mean, it's the one feud that has had multiple meaningful tag matches as well, singles matches and, and build-up. So, um, yeah, the fact that he got that's really, really big for him just because there's so much anticipation for the match. And and the fact that he his team won all the junior tag matches against Hiromu leading into this. Yeah, so Hiromu definitely on a losing streak in the last couple months here, facing off against El Desperado. Desperado kind of being your dastardly, you know, heel in this tournament with several ref distractions and eye rakes and like you mentioned, chair shots and you know, young boy, I've seen a lot of back and forth on this November eighteenth main event against Hiromu. Uh, you, you have a lot of people uh, complaining about the ref bump and the you know the chair finish. You have other people who liked it and say you know it's part of the story between Despi and Hiromu and Desperados this evil dastardly heel. And so it all uh, you know worked out and made sense. Uh, where, where you kind of lie in, um, between that argument? Uh, you know I hate to be the bipartisan guy here, but I'm kind of in the middle. Um, and, and, and here's why. The match is very good. Now, when I before I saw the match, I was running behind. So I've been able to see almost all of the tournament uh, in English, which is pretty cool. But um, one of the things I've noticed is people are really lauding this match as being like the match of the tournament, saying it like was way better than Hiromu Nishimori from night one. Um, you know, just heaping a lot of praise. So I went in there with some pretty high expectations and I did think the match was very good, but it, I didn't think it was a, uh, you know, it wasn't like a junior match of the year or anything like that. I w- it was very, very good. Now the finish made sense to me and I would have had no problem with the finish except for the fact that this company has an undeniable problem with interference, cheating and run-ins. And, you know, granted there are people listening who probably, you know, are already like jumping, like the knee-jerk reaction being like, well, that's part of wrestling. And it's like, I agree. It is part of wrestling. Um, But too much of any good thing is not good. And there's too much cheating. There's too much uh, shenanigans and interference. I mean, 
we saw all through throughout the New Japan Cup. We've seen it on Strong. We saw it all throughout the IWGP title scene, um, the junior tag tournament that happened earlier this year. Like every like everything. Like it's just been nonstop. And so when you have a good match like this that has a good, you know, ref bump finish, in a vacuum it works. So there's the part of me that's like willing to accept it in a vacuum. But I understand that there's also the rea- the visceral reaction where like they've overdone it in the context of the overall continuity of the company, and uh, I could understand why people would be upset at that because it- it's becoming a crutch that the book the booking team and Gato they're just relying on it way too much, and uh, you have a problem if your your top baby faces can't ever be beat clean. Right. Yeah. I was definitely frustrated by this finish. And I, I, I guess I get it. I know he's a heel. Like you mentioned in a vacuum, it works for their, their rivalry, their story. It worked. But the fact that we've literally, like you mentioned, been seeing these ref bumps and cheating and literally every all throughout the promotion. You know, I, I was hoping that these tournaments would be, you know, a little reprieve from that. At least the best super juniors, cause obviously evil still in the world tag league, but at least the best super juniors would be a little bit. Uh, of a break and just some more kind of clean action, that more traditional New Japan style. But now that's, you know, even inf- inf- infiltrating down here in- into this tournament, into the junior division. And it's like, where, can we just get a, a clean main event where two guys are just going at each other and just we have a clean finish? Um, I think there's other creative ways for heels to cheat than to have to do a ref bump. Uh, there there could have been another way for Despy to kind of pull the win out and, and kind of get the best of Hiromu without having to do the rep bump without having to use the chair. Well, the other thing too, and I'm not uh, advocating that, you know, the refs kill themselves or anything like that. I know they're not one of the boys, but the ref bump was literally just like a corner squish. So it's like he gets squished in the corner and then he rolls to the outside and then he's down for a long time. Forever. And- <laughs> and I'm not I'm not blaming Red Shoes, although maybe at at a certain point as a talent, you might want to you know uh, like voice concern if some something like isn't good for your character or good for the overall product or doesn't make sense. And I mean, at some point, someone should say like, "Yo, Gato, this guy got squished, and he's out there for like five six minutes." I didn't time it, but that's what it feels like an eternity, and then only uh, happens to. You know, jump back in when when the the pinche loco or what is it? What is, actually? It's not the pinche loco. What's his uh that stretch muffler move called? I always forget the name of it. Um, it's pretty much the, the Brock Lock, the stretch muffler. I forget what Desperado calls yeah. it. Anyways, he puts he puts that shit on and uh suddenly Red Shoes is recovered. It's like it's just so convenient, you know. And it's I know it's a trope in wrestling and wrestling's full of tropes, but it's just it's overdone. It's it's played out. Um. That being said, I still I still thought the match was fantastic. Uh, probably like three and three quarters. I'm not quite as high as everyone else. I don't know what you went on that. I went four stars flat. I, I would have gone higher if it wasn't for the finish. I could have gone four. I, I see no problem with that. What what were you on the Hiromu Ishimori match the I first went, night? I went four and a quarter on that. Okay, yeah, and I was only four on that one. So, um, Speaking of Despy, though, you know, He's having a great tournament. Obviously, it's still early, but I mean, a win over Hiromu is huge. Um, he beat Yuya Moura. That's kind of a given. Um, that match was good. I, I loved the roll up 
victory that he beat him with. It's actually something I've, I've been thinking about maybe trying to steal because uh, it's like such a slick counter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, Despy, the one thing he's doing though is his promo work throughout the tournament. Like in the backstage, he, he made mention of the fact he was like, you know, Hiromu's in like seven of the main events and you guys realize like he's not the IWGP junior champion and then he, he like threw shade at the, the IWGB committee and then he also threw shade at like Ishimori. He's like, I guess the reason Ishimori's not like booked on top is because he doesn't he's not a good promo. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's been kind of killing it on uh the mic. The other thing I noticed is in Corkin, after he beat Hiromu, he he gave a little speech and he was like, I'm gonna win this thing. And the Corkin crowd like clapped and it it, well, I'm, I don't want to oversell it and be like it was everybody, but it was a good portion of the crowd, and it felt more than just polite. Like I feel like he's got some momentum at least domestically behind him, and you know we talked last year about how he was kind of out of the tournament due to that death match he had with Jun Kasai at the Produce Show where his jaw got broken, and we kind of thought that they had you know plans to sort of elevate him and really feature him a lot, and I think that's being proven here. The only thing that gives me concern, and we're not we're, we're going to get to him, but Taguchi's like tied with this guy, and he already beat him early on. And I know that we kind of thought Taguchi like might not be there. Like, <laughs> the way they're booking him and the kind of guys he's beating, he's already beaten like two pretty prominent names in the tournament. I'm like, I, I don't think he's he might not be playing spoiler. He might literally be like a, a like a finalist or close to finalist at the end of this shit. Like, yeah. Yeah, so far, the top of the block, very parody-based, and we'll go through the rest of these guys. But, yeah, it's very close to the top, and a situation now where all those top guys, any of them can kind of sneak in here in the finals. Yeah, for right now, it's 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 very, very much parody-based. That's a great way of putting it. So, any other thoughts on Despy? No, nah, let's move on. So, after that, we've got the ticking time bomb, Hiromu Takahashi. Four points, two wins, one loss. Uh, he was defeated by Desperado on the 18th, and then on the 20th, rebounded with a win over his LIJ stablemate and tag team partner, Bushi, in the main event. Yeah, so we already kind of talked about the Desperado match. Uh, the Bushi match, I, I thought, was very good. Uh, main event of that November 20th show. Um, for me, the problem for me with this match was I did not believe for one second that Bushi was um, beating Hiromu Takahashi. I think the the one near fall that I bit on was the the MX towards the end, and I was just like, it can't be. And that was like literally the only time throughout the match. I mean, there's a lot of great near falls, but in my head, I'm just like, there's no way Bushi's beating Hiromu. Uh, what's that children's song? Who me? Yes, you couldn't be. <laughs> then who? <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was like uh bushi went to the top and tried to hit a top rope mx um to follow up on that near fall and i felt like if he landed that he might have won the match mm-hmm. uh you know here's the thing bushi uh i understand that you were sort of thinking he couldn't beat hiromu and you probably have your reasons but i also sort of was like you know super juniors he is kind of the spoiler in that tournament seen him beat guys like Will Ospreay and Kushida and people like that in the past. So, I mean, why not? You know, is it impossible that he beats Hiromu? No, it's not. But I didn't think – like you, I kind of thought Hiromu was definitely going to win this one. Because the one problem that you have is 
it's not just a guy who's at top, but it's also a guy who's at top who's within the same faction as him, and it plays with the uh, the hierarchy of the faction um, standings if he beats him. So that's the one reason why I was kind of like, he probably won't beat Hiromu, but you never know. Right. Um, I thought 23 minutes was a little long uh, because this match sort of followed a, another junior match that I liked a lot better than this one. But, uh, yeah, it was a fine main event. Um you know, what What can you say? It's Hiromu Bushi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Hiromu still at top of the block. Also, still one of the favorites as recently former IWGP Junior Champion. Um, you know, he's featured on the Wrestle Kingdom poster. So, you, you got to imagine that he's going to find his way into this, this junior title picture, whether he wins or not. So, and, and one of the guys having some of the better matches in the tournament, you know, I, I rated the, the Ishimori match from the first night, four and a quarter, that's a rattle match. Um, I read that flat four, and then this match here with Bushi three and a half. So, uh, Hiromu definitely one of the standouts thus far in this tournament. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still early, but I think Hiromu's leading the pack in terms of overall performance and match quality. Um, and that was to kind of be expected. So, I mean, he like it doesn't hurt him too much the loss to El Desperado, especially since I think that's playing into the continuing overall long form story between those two guys. So that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Hiromu, he's headlining most of the shows. He's having the big matches. He's doing most of the cool shit in the tournament. So, you know, um, yeah, he's doing really well. I think he's the top guy right now, the MVP. Yeah. Well, I think there's going to be another guy that could be competing for him. We'll talk about it a little bit uh, here, but first let's talk about the, the bone soldier, Taiji Ishimori, the current, IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, also four points, two wins, and one loss. Here on November 18th, Taiji defeated Risuke Taguchi, 11 minutes, 33 seconds. And then on the 20th, he defeated Doki in 12 minutes. I mean, there's two ways to look at it. There's the one way that's more reality-based, where you're like, okay, he isn't even really being featured in semi-main events up to this point, for the most part. Uh both of these matches were on the undercard and the match times reflect that, you know, just under 12 minutes in both cases. So there's that, you know, there, even though Ishimori is still very good and he's having good matches, he's not even getting enough time to really have that kind of great match that maybe say Hiromu or Desperado have been able to have. Um, on the flip side of it, there's the part where you could say, he's the dominant champion in the tournament and he re- rebounded from that one big loss to Hiromu in pretty dominant fashion. I mean, he beat Taguchi and Doki in under 12 minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, but then again, at the same time, he uh, did cheat against Doki. He used a belt. And then uh, uh, Taguchi, he used a tights. Right. So he's also having to cheat in these shorter matches as well, which he's a heel. I get it. But he's also the champion. So, you know, it's kind of unbalanced. Yeah, to me, it feels like he's kind of just mailed in his performance these last two matches, which I don't blame him. You know, 12-minute matches, he's on the on the undercard. Like, he doesn't really need to go all out here. He's probably saving that for whenever his next, you know, semi-main or main event is. But, yeah, just kind of fine performances here, like like you mentioned. Having, you know, some cheating. With the Doki match, obviously, both guys are heels. So you had both guys trying to kind of out-cheat each other there with the title and the pipe at, at the end there and then, Rolling up to Taguchi, exposing Taguchi uh, to Cork and Hall here. So, yeah, so far, Taiji's been fine. 
Well, here's my question. Would you call it mailing it in if they only gave him 12 minutes? Okay, like, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe mailing it in is not the right phrase, but I feel like he's just – like he's doing like what he needs to do for 12 minutes. Like, Right. Yeah. He, he's having competent professional wrestling matches. Right. And like, yeah, because there's a part of me It's like I guess he could try to go harder, but how much harder do you want him to go? It's still 12 minutes. Right. But yeah, um, it is interesting the way they're booking him. Um, MJ does PR asked this question. He said, whose title run has been worse, Naito or Ishimori? Follow-up, why hasn't Ishimori been given the opportunities to shine? Well, as far as whose title reign is worse, I, I mean, well, the hard thing for Ishimori is just how the schedule. He's had no title. He's had no title defenses. No, it's, it's how the schedule laid out. Like he won the title yeah. at Jingu, and then it was G one. Um, so there, there was there was nothing for him to do. And now we're best super junior, so there was no chance for him to really have a defense. He's been gone, you know, for the last couple of months because of G one. We haven't seen him. Hasn't been able to cut any promos or get into any feuds really. Um, it's, it's kind of hard to say that his title run has been bad when he, he hasn't really been able to do anything with it. You know, it's not even really a fair question. It's not really a fair question at all. I get it. I mean, here's the thing. When it comes to Naito, are you counting both title runs as a congruent year-long thing, you know, with that little break in the middle because it's part of the same narrative? Or are you just talking about since he won it back in – August at Jingu Stadium, or or September. I don't even know what month it was. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. I can't remember. But uh, you know, I mean, he's had Naito had one title defense against Evil just recently, and it also depends on how much of the G1 you actually count as being part of his quote unquote title run, even though there's no actual title defenses. So, I think if you want, let's say. Just to compare apples to apples, you really couldn't compare the two until maybe at least the Super Juniors is over. Because then at least you've got a G1 and a Super Juniors to kind of compare against. But like you said, I mean, Ishimori is kind of the victim of circumstances. Like, he won the, the junior title just before the G1, and that kind of put him out in the cold. Like, what do you do? <laughs> right. Uh, and I mean, how how much could he shine? What opportunities could you give him when the G one's going on? Right, not, not like he could fly to the U S. and like be on strong or something. Like, there's literally nothing he could do. Uh, now, the one thing I will agree with is why isn't he in more main events? And I think the real answer there is because they're trying to draw, and the only big name draw that they got on this tour is Ishimori. All right, right. Hiromu. I'm sorry, Hiromu Takahashi. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Hiromu's a big star. Clearly, you know, with the um, LIJ popularity, they're they want going to want him in the main and semi mains. People want are going to pay to see Hiromu, and that's just the, the the deal is he's a bigger star than Ishimori. Yeah, and uh, Ishimori did talk like he cut a promo um, the last night, and he was like, you know, he hasn't fought Desperado yet. I think he's about to fight him, and he's like, you know, he brought up a point. He's like basically saying I'm not a good talker. He's like, well, I'll concede that point, but uh, let me ask you this: Is Desperado fire on the mic is this man he basically was like is this man dusty Rhodes or the rock like come on (laughs) (laughs) he's like this this guy's got a big mouth also when did taiji ishimori start going by the uh the muscular chihuahua is that his name the brutal chihuahua uh i don't know i've missed out on that bro 
they've been referring to him as that in all his promos, like him and his opponents. <laughs> yeah, uh, that, me, I guess that's gone over my head. I have I haven't caught on to that. Bro, maybe it's our fault because we don't watch enough of these backstage promos. Um, and now, yeah. I think actually because I watched one show in English, I think Gino or somebody might might have said that. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, he's the muscular Chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so um, I don't know if that's like helping or hurting calling him that as well. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, not good. <laughs> All right. So, any other final thoughts on the Bone Soldier? No. Um, let's talk about Risuki Taguchi, the coach. Four points, two wins, one loss. He. Uh, was defeated by Ishimori in the 18th, and then he rebounded with a win on the 20th over Master Wato. Yeah, so Taguchi, um, kind of like typical Taguchi, you see in the best Super Juniors, um, kind of a lot of comedy antics. When he when he needs to go, he goes. He kind of brings out that big match. Taguchi uh, kind of talked a little bit about the Ishimori match. That's the match uh, he lost where Ishimori used the tights. Uh, had that man exposed in Cork and Hall. And then we saw more of Taguchi's backside in this uh, Master Wato match here. Um, but he was able to get the win this time. Yeah. Um, this is why New Japan gets the reputation as being such a horny wrestling company. I mean, a lot of ass play going on here. <laughs> and uh, every single promo that this guy's been cutting is like basically like double entendres about like his ass and him showing his ass and revealing his ass and splitting his ass and shoving stuff up up, up it like it, it, it's all just really juvenile shit so yeah yeah uh Deguchi is trying to be the 2020 ass man um yeah he, he, needs, to call, <laughs> he needs to call uh jim johnson and see if they can uh, new japan get the rights for that i'm an ass man <laughs> He, oh he needs to change his gear up because you know right now he kind of has that like that Eddie Guerrero looking type of gear. He needs to switch it oh, up. Oh, bro, he, he should start wearing the, the uh, Billy Gun biker shorts. Yeah, and, with the, with the lips all over them. Yes, and just fucking t- turn and dye his hair blonde. Yes, bro, <laughs> and, like he could totally play Billy Gun. I would, I would prefer. I think that would be pretty great, actually. Not great, but like. At least I wouldn't have to explain. Like, you know, can you imagine be like, why is the guy dressed up like Eddie Guerrero so fixated on his ass? <laughs> I, I don't know, man. But then it's like someone watches it who's like an Attitude Era fan. Like, why is the guy who's emulating the ass man so fixated on his ass? Oh, I get it. Oh, okay, I get it. You don't even have to explain it. It makes sense. Right. Cosplay. Yeah. Cosplay wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, we had a question here from Highs. Uh, Oh, go ahead. We had a question here from Highest Fly Flow. Were you guys as horrified as Tenzon was at the sight of Taguchi's funky weapon? You know, there's been some weird stuff with Tenzon. Now that we're on the subject of Tenzon, remember the time when uh, uh, Sammy Callahan kissed Tenzon and Tenzon was like, oh, it feels so good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, like Kojima was jealous. He's like my, yeah, Kojima's jealous, and he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm, I'm happily married to my wife, but uh, we don't kiss on the lips. It's not in our culture. So, 
He's like, I'm not going to lie. I really liked it. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. It makes me question how, uh, how horrified he really was. Yeah. Might be a front. Maybe he, yeah, he's just trying to sell that way. And then he's actually, you know, happy inside. (laughs) Um, I mean, I don't know. I've, I feel like I've seen Taguchi's ass a million times at this point. So it's like uh, I wasn't really horrified. I wasn't really amused. I wasn't entertained. I was uh, ap- like apathetic about it at this point. Yeah. It's like, uh, so, yeah, here we go. You know, it's like when you go to Thanksgiving and, you know, you got that one like relative that's going to say some shit that everyone kind of is like going to fight over. And the, you're like, you're the, like the, all the right, dr- here drunk we go. Un- the drunk uncle. Yeah, the drunk uncle, the inappropriate aunt, whoever it might be. And you're just like, oh, here we go again. That, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much Taguchi. He's like, oh, he's showing his ass again. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Making it really hard for me to explain to people why I like New Japan, but cool. Right. Do you, bro. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the shows I'm glad that, you know, I didn't have anybody in the room that's a, <laughs> not a wrestling fan or any, you know, any, you know, walking in. So, Oh, my girl's into it. She's like. Big match to booty. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really don't have much more analysis on, on the coach here. Um, you know, he's been doing yeah. fine. I'm sure he's going to continue to kind of be uh, towards the top of the block here. Um, uh, here's one thing I'll add, and then we can move on. Um, when he beat Desperado, he brought up the fact that him and Watto actually defeated Kanemaru and Desperado during the junior tag tournament. Mm-hmm. And then he defeated him here in this tournament, and he was like, I know your partner's injured, but uh, you need to come off those belts because uh, we've been beat you, beating you boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that should come something that like whenever you whenever you're trying to run it. So there is uh, maybe something down the line, possibly, with uh, maybe Watto and Taguchi, maybe Taguchi and the, maybe the mega coaches. I don't know. It's hard to ever know who he's really tag team partners with. <laughs> right. Maybe Fergal. I don't know. <laughs> well, uh, let's move on to the next guy who's also four points with two wins and one loss, and that will be the Sniper of the Skies, Robbie Eagles. On the 18th, he was defeated by Master Watto, and then on the 20th, he defeated Sho. Yeah, the uh, the eighteenth match he lost to Watto was interesting. It kind of reminded me of like I don't know, just like I watch. I've seen a lot of Robbie Eagles on like uh, when he wrestles internationally or like in you know big name indies like PWG, and like you'll see him take the random loss because maybe he's a uh, you know he's the big name being brought in, but he's like the semi big name. You know, someone who can eat a loss, be fine from it, but maybe build some recognition for, like, one of their guys. And I've seen it happen in a lot of places, PWG and kind of all over. Um, that's what this kind of felt like to me. It was, like, a good match. Eagles was clearly the, like, better guy at doing the favor, trying to get Watto over. And that's kind of what the story of this match really was. Exactly. And, um, you know, Eagles, he's a guy that I think can be kind of thrown out there as another contender for, you know, MVP of the tournament, workhorse of the tournament. He's just been having some really great performances out here. He goes out here. He's a great seller. So when, when he's getting beaten up, he's, he's selling is great. 
Um, you know, we talked about last week, you know, his offense, you know, everything based around the leg, except for the Ron Miller special. Uh, he has great explosions. I love the, um, you know, the senton um, suicide dive that he does every night. So a lot of great fire. He's getting the, you know, the Cork and Hall crowds into in him. He's doing, you know, the, the Robbie, 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 oy, 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 and the, and the crowds are clapping along to that. And so, yeah, Eagles has just been, you know, great in this tournament. I wasn't sure if you were going to mention him or show as being that other guy or Doki. It was going to be one of those three. Um, you didn't pop for the Doki shit. Okay. Um, <laughs> like we can't even pop ourselves because of, like we're so not into this shit. <laughs> well, I didn't know if you were like but serious. I, I mean, Doki has been good, but <laughs> I, I I'm being kind of serious, but also kind of facetious at the same time. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you you made it. You know, those were great points. Eagles is really working hard. He's really showing himself to be super competent. Uh, what I will say, I don't think he's the MVP just yet. But part of it's he's not being given the same opportunities to work the kind of matches that uh, you know, say Hiromu is. But when you compare anybody else that's working the undercard slash semi main event roles. He's the guy excelling in that situation more than Ishimori. Maybe shows the one other guy I think that's kind of similar. But, uh, yeah, Eagles having a really great run. Yeah, uh, Eagles definitely. I'm so glad that they were able to, to get him in for this tournament. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to you know the rest of his lineup for the tournament. And once again, one of these guys that's going to be keep your eyes out for for being alive towards the end of the tournament. Um, speaking of show, uh, he defeated show on the 20th, 19 minutes, 22 seconds. This is one of the matches that, uh, has gained a lot of, you know, acclaim and it's kind of being praised as like one of the top matches of the tournament. What were your thoughts there? Yeah, I thought it was a, a very good matchup. You know, I, I see a lot of people, um, uh, you know, throwing four, four and a quarter. I saw somebody throw five at it today. Um, yeah, I saw, I've seen some people throw five at it, which uh, made me be like, oh, shit, like we got, you know, we got a match of the tournament contender here. But I was let down. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I personally, I mean, I went 3.75 on it. It was just about almost hitting that four star. Like if you want four stars and I couldn't argue with you, I could I could go four on it. I, I went four on this. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm four star off. I mean, I was being a coward, you know, you, you can, you can throw the extra quarter. You can go be a few flat four stars, definitely in that range. Uh, both guys showing, you know, great fire. Obviously Eagles working over the leg instead of the Ron Miller show is trying to work over the arm to, you know, set up his arm bar and have a better advantage to hit the, the, the shock arrow. And you have, you know, two of the top, you know, up and coming guys in this junior division kind of clashing here. Uh, two popular guys as well. So, yeah, it, it was a great matchup. I agree. Really liked it. The best non Hiromu match of the tournament so far. Um, I think it's right in line, probably, with uh, the Ishimori Hiromu match in, in terms of quality. I, I think I'd still rate the night one match a little higher, but very good match. Um, that does speak to the lack of truly standout breakout matches in this tournament, though, which that's one, you know, when we got the Super Juniors in Tag League, we kind of knew what we are getting with Tag League, but I was expecting more so, you know, even at 3 nights in, I would expect 
something in the four and a half or higher range. We haven't really seen that just yet, but uh, Rob Eagles might be one of the guys to do that. So we'll see. Um, coming up next, two and one, we got Show four points. He defeated Doki on night eight or uh, night two, November eighteenth, and then, uh, as we just mentioned, was defeated on November twentieth against Rob Eagles. Yeah, so Show, I think this guy has been looking like an absolute superstar. Um, you know, he's, he's got the, the build, you know, the, the hair. He's, he just he looks like a star. He comes off as a star. Uh, he's been working really hard in this tournament as well. Um, you know, once again, we that Kushida match that we kind of saw uh, as a recommended match a couple weeks ago kind of showed you like the groundwork of what you know Show style is all about. And we're seeing that here with him. You know. Still kind of using that MMA influence, going for the arm bars, trying to get some submission wins, and then eventually kind of switching over to, you know, the the cross arm power drivers that he does, eventually leading to the you know the the crate the um the package cross arm the shock arrow. I agree. Um, I'd like to get into this question that Rambone Slam Pig asked. Uh, he said to me, "Show is coming cr- across as a star these days. He has an engaging move set." He gets good matches out of all kinds of different opponents. He has a good look. What do you think his next step needs to be in order to kind of crack into that next level? And so like you, uh, Jeremy, I agree. I think he's having really good matches. I think that he could right now rival uh, Robbie Eagles for kind of being like the number two guy in the tournament, in my opinion. But sort of like we kind of mentioned he hasn't been – I mean he is getting – if you notice, he's getting 16 minutes, 19 minutes. So he's getting a lot of time for his matches. But uh, what I think needs to happen for him to kind of break out is two things. Number one, I think we need to see him have some truly great matches with some of the guys in the junior division. Not to say he's never done that. He has in the past. But it's always kind of been from an underdog role. And I think we need to sort of see him have those types of matches in a a more, you know, kind of equal footing sort of pairing. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing, too, is uh, there is a problem in the junior division with lack of compelling heels. Even if they have a couple guys in this tournament that are good heels, they're not like star level guys. You know, Ishimori is probably the – the top guy, and then I guess after that, maybe SB. And so I would want to see him fight those guys, but even namely, maybe, um, and we're going to see it, but I kind of mean more like in a high stakes sort of thing, you know, at the end of a Super Juniors, when the title's on the line, situations like that, maybe even ELP, because ELP is probably like the top heel realistically in the division. Right. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a match of ELP definitely would be something that could help elevate show. I think, yeah, he's just missing, like you mentioned, some kind of like, you know, kind of standout matches with guys in within the division. Also, we've seen them have like bangers of guys like Shingo and, you know, some of the guys in the heavyweight division, but definitely we haven't really seen that within the junior division. I think part of it too is just the fact that, you know, he's just kind of been, um, you know, he's kind of back and forth before Yo got injured. You know, you, you have him in, the the junior tag stuff and then he goes over singles for for you know super juniors and he's kind of been back and forth but now we're gonna see him in a singles because yo uh yo is hurt so i think as we see more of him as a singles he's gonna have he's gonna get that chance to crack and break through 
Well, in the past, that hasn't been the worst thing in the world because, you know, the junior division, while it is important, it's not always the focal point. So the fact that he's always had a tag team to sort of bounce back onto has been beneficial up to a certain extent in the past because then he had like once super juniors are over and he doesn't win it he has more work he has more compelling stories to tell things to do but we are starting to get to a point where i already think that roppongi 3k is done right because of the length of time that show or that yo is going to be out but even if it's not i think now is the time to kind of capitalize on him whether he wins the tournament or not i think you need to push him in a major way make him have a uh, at least enough points to let people kind of be clued in to know like okay this is a guy we're really going with and use him in a major way so that you know he and and in all fairness they have used him in a pretty compelling way when you consider what they did with like the J cup and you know his uh, never title challenges and things like that but i think uh, that was just kind of a precursor to what's going to happen next yeah so show's definitely a guy to keep your eye out in this tournament um still has some you know great matches lined up left in this tournament and definitely i think we could see that kind of breakout match later in this tournament or you know some point later on this year or going into the beginning of next year i should say because pretty much the end of the year is gonna be wrapped up with this tournament next up we got master wato four points Two wins, one loss. He was defeated by Robbie Eagles. Or, I'm sorry, he defeated Robbie Eagles on the 18th, and then on the 20th was upset against Risuki Taguchi. Yeah, so Master Watto. Uh, here, here are my notes on Master Watto. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, before you begin, this is the first guy that you haven't been able to just kind of off the cuff, you know, even if you're using notes which i don't know if you are or not but the one thing i've noticed you haven't started any of your statements by going all right guys here are my notes <laughs> <laughs> like that sounds pretty uh pretty serious yeah so <laughs> and then you agree and you say yeah <laughs> it, it is pretty serious so here, here's the deal with wato with wato i i think he's, he seems to be better when he, he sticks to the basics like his chain wrestling and his grappling, it's it's you know good. He looks like young lion Kowato, um, from what I've seen thus far in this tournament. Um, but then mm. he, he seems to be botching more of the complicated moves and sequences, and especially in the Robbie Eagles match, there was just a lot of ruffling uh, spots. There was a spot where he almost like dropped Eagles on his head and. Yeah, and this when he's even the Taguchi match, I seen as like Taguchi was trying to pick the pace up. It kind of seemed like Wato couldn't keep up with Taguchi, <laughs> which should be, you know, an, an issue there. So it's kind of like well, talk- Taguchi's really great though. Yeah, um, but you you would think at at kind of where he's at right now that somebody like Wato would be able to kind of keep up with the pace with him. And it's something like you mentioned last week is like this guy, he was a solid young lion. Goes to Mexico, tries to learn all his fancy stuff, and now, you know, it's not working out for him. And I don't know if it's one of those things where it's like they need to kind of just, like, change up the game plan and maybe send him somewhere. Obviously, okay, well, with COVID, you really can't send him somewhere else. But I don't know. I think there needs to be a shift where he's focusing maybe more on 
grappling and change the style up and maybe not try to be as flashy. I don't know. Well, you know, you bring up a, an interesting point. Um, I've kind of noticed the same thing. I couldn't articulate exactly what I was feeling about it, but like I've seen him do some some things where I'm like, wow. Um, I'll see him do like a dive roll or some of these grappling sequences, uh, some of his like movements, and he's just very high level, just like you would kind of expect from a uh, you know Anoki Dojo trainee and i'm like man he's really good then i see him do like some sort of like jeff hardy spinning splash sort of thing and i'm like and it and it doesn't always connect well like um i don't know and and i'm kind of surprised because when he first kind of hit the scene you seem to be a pretty big proponent of like his you know kind of flashier stuff i mean what What's been changing for you as you've watched more of him? Yeah, well, I think well now he's he's getting more time, and you're kind of seeing the holes in the game. I mean, earlier on, it was, ah. kind, of, it was kind of short stuff, you know, quick short stuff with Doki and Kanemaru and these multi man tags. Where the multi man, he, he tags in, he's doing the spin kicks, he's doing the tornillos, the few high spots that he is good at, and you're like, oh wow, like this man is raw. He's doing a spiral tap as a finisher, but then as you see him in more one on ones, more extended time. And he's in there with guys like a Robbie Eagles and a Rizke Taguchi. And you're just like, man, these guys are wrestling circles around him. Yes. Now, here's one thing I would kind of advocate for. I think that your uh, comment that maybe he needs to change his style or focus on his strengths, it's not a bad uh, you know, recommendation. I mean, if you think about, say, the heavyweights, think about some of these guys – Ishii, Suzuki, Nagata, they don't do all that stuff, you know what I mean? And they're still great wrestlers because they're able to, you know, really emote with their facials. We've talked in the past about how Wato has great facials and build sympathy, build, you know, hatred from the crowd, whatever they're kind of aiming for. And they have a much more limited moveset, but they're still able to get a lot out of the crowd. I think there's room in the junior division for other types of guys aside from just your standard prototypical fast-paced high-flying junior style guy. Um, and when you look at the Japanese indies, you know, you look at a guy like Takayu Nomura and that's someone who I think is excellent who wrestles very similarly to like Daisuke Sakamoto or like Suzuki and he's a small guy and he makes it work. And I think there's room for someone to be able to do something of that nature in new Japan. Not everyone needs to be cookie cutter and work the same exact type of style. And I think that could be fun and exciting. Instead we have Watto and he's kind of struggling with these other aspects of his game. And it's like, I don't know. It's hard to say because the cat's, you know, the genie's kind of out of the bottle at this point. Like, they've already introduced him as this thing. He's already sort of introduced this style. It would almost have to be a total reinvention, or maybe they could start to do it slowly and have him sort of pull back. I do like the story that they're trying to tell, though, with him incorporating the finishers of, um, Tenzon as part of his game. Right. And maybe that's the angle there. You kind of have Tenzon 
kind of mentor him and get him into this role where now he's doing more of yeah the, the TTT and maybe he starts doing Mongolian chops and starts doing more Tenzon based offense and change the style up that way. That could be the case. I mean, Tenzon still did high flying shit though. He did a diving headbutt. He did a moon salt and planchas and stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know if that would be entirely non. You know, I think he's just kind of adopting. Maybe not even the signature moves. I think it's just the finishers, honestly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got there. I, I was surprised Suguchi beat Wato. And when we were talking about Suguchi, I didn't get to voice this. Uh, I know I said it earlier in the show. I'm kind of concerned Suguchi might be in the finals. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, he, could, he well, obviously right now he's you know tied up there with these guys, but yeah, he could be one of these guys that kind of sneaks in based off of tiebreakers. In the show, where the old adage where count out to Gucci. Say that. Say it again. The where I've kind of abandoned the old adage to count out to Gucci, the Super Juniors. Mm-hmm. Even last year, I'm, he's going to be in the some. Nah, and then he was against Osprey. So this is the first year where I've sort of gone away from that, and I've been like, this man's not going to do as good as he normally does. But now I'm kind of feeling like, I don't know. They had him beat Despy. <laughs> <laughs> they had him beat Watto. Those are two big name guys in the in, in you know a ten man block. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those didn't feel like spoiler wins. Yeah, not at all. Yeah, so. Clearly, yeah, that that old adage you mentioned of you know never count on to Gucci and best super juniors. It seems like that that's still that's still true. That's crazy. <laughs> well, let's talk about Bushi real quick. Yeah, so Bushi, two points, one win, two losses. He defeated Yu Yamura on the 18th, nine minutes fifty-seven seconds, and then on the 20th, like we mentioned, he uh, lost to his tag partner Hiromu Takahashi, 20, 23 minutes and forty-two seconds. Um, you know, Bushi, you know, he, he's been fine. Um, I, don't, I really don't have a ton of analysis on him. You know, he did kind of debut a, a new version of the, the Code Breaker on Yumora. It was kind of like a fireman carry spin out into the Code Breaker. I thought that looked pretty cool, but it, it's kind of what we say about Bushi every year. You know, great entrance attire, all the, all the drip before the bell rings, um, then the bell rings, and, he, and he's just kind of fine. Um, you know, he's, you know, just, you know, Adequate, good hand. Yeah. Uh, Bougie's mid as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, he beat Yumura. He lost to, Tanaha- or to Takahashi. Good match. Um, he'll probably pick up some big wins. I expect Bushi to kind of facilitate a little bit of that spoiler role that um, Kanemaru was going to fill. In the tournament, but that's about all I have for him. I mean, one thing I will give him credit for, the the Hiromu match, very good. Three and three quarters, very good match. It'll probably be the best match he has in the tournament. Yeah. So then I think we can move on to the guy that's uh, tied for last place in the, in the block here, and that is Doki. Zero points, zero wins, and three losses. On the 18th, like we mentioned, he was defeated by Sho, 16 minutes and 26 seconds. And then on the 20th, like we mentioned, he was defeated by the Bone Soldier, Taiji Ishimori, in 12 minutes. Um, 
Doki, I, I thought I like we've been saying, I think he just continues to look, you know, really good here. Um we're starting to see him incorporate a little bit more kind of character um nuance here with the whole stuff with the pipe when he goes to the outside and does, you know, the the neck breaker with the pipe on the outside. Um and we're just really seeing him kind of come into his own here and you know the the moonlight I think it's called or the daybreak DDT um, and just some signature spots that he is incorporating in I think he's been looking really good he should call that move day and night like Kid Cody <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know man uh, you know here's the interesting thing um, if we were talking about tiers okay and at the top tier you've got like your Ishimori, Hiromu, and Despi. I'm going to go with Hiromu as like my MVP. And then if your next tier is like guys in the middle of the card, you know, I'm probably going to go with Eagles as my MVP so far. And then if you're going with guys who are at the bottom tier, your Bushi, Doki, and Yumora, I think I'm going with Doki right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, um, he's got new gear. He's looking pretty good. He's having good matches. He's making his opponents look strong, but they're also making him look good, which tells you a lot. I mean, it's not just that he's losing, but he's losing in style. You know, yeah, a lot. All the guys he's losing to show Ishimori. Who did he fight in the first night? Uh, Yumura, or no, not Yumura, because that, that would have been a win. Um, who did he fight in the first night? Um, Robbie Eagles. Eagles. He got a good amount of time against each and every single one of them, and they all gave him a lot of offense. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's not just a, you know, a geek who happens to be in the tournament. I mean, I know he's the replacement for Ryu Lee, and that's unfortunate, but they're still giving him a lot. And, I mean, was last year's first Super Juniors? Yeah, because he came in when, you know, there was, um, I think he was, he was Desperado's uh, replacement that's last year. That's right. So, I mean, here we are a year and a half later almost, and uh, the guy wasn't even supposed to be here. He wasn't even supposed to be in this tournament either, and he <laughs> he, he found a way to get his to get in. And, uh, you know, he's been surprisingly, you know, um, passable and, uh, you know, impressive. We've got some questions. The most questions uh, about any competitor in the tournament <laughs> – <laughs> S.A. Homez asked us, he said, I know that uh, along with you, Moradoki is in the Super Juniors as a job guy, but after his recent showing in the six-man title match, do you think that uh, it's fair, and do you think that they should feed him a, a couple surprise wins and build him up a little bit? Yeah, I mean, he's he's a guy that, you know, it, it's kind of turned into a, a more of a long-term thing with him. It's not like he's just a replacement or a short-term you know, short kind of guy. He's been on these tours. He's you know, kind of involved in Suzuki Goon. And so I definitely think it's to a point now where he shouldn't just be the complete pinnator. I, I like to see him get some wins here. And in this tournament, I definitely think we're going to see some kind of surprise upsets, uh, at least one, maybe, maybe two. But I think he's going to pull out some surprises here later in this tournament. I know people don't like to talk about the open door, but... I mean, there's a direct parallel here. I mean, Doki against Yumura is pretty much going to be New Japan's version of Brandon Cutler and Peter Avalon. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I would like to see him maybe get some upset wins, but at the same time, I don't know. They've really set him up already. To, he's 0-3. Maybe just keep going with, with 
with it and build up to that, you know, two guys with no wins. Let's see who's going to pull it out at the end sort of story. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, if, if you're going to give him some surprise wins, then maybe give him a couple. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe have some wins where it's, it doesn't really inflect too much on the standings maybe he kind of beats somebody that's kind of already on the on the lower end as the tournament kind of goes on, or maybe he, he plays spoiler towards the end and knocks somebody out. Well, I remember growing up watching, and uh, I don't know, I'm I'm not big on the NFL like everybody else's, but I remember when um, the Patriots were undefeated and they're going up against the Miami Dolphins, who were like maybe winless in the season, or they had like one win and all losses. And it was just before the playoffs, and the Dolphins whipped that ass. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, oh damn! Like they were about to go undefeated, and they literally lost like a gimme game to the Dolphins. And that's probably like oh three, oh four. I don't know. I was still in high school, so um, maybe they could do some shit like that. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, next question came here from Rambo and Slam Pig says, "I find myself rooting for Doki." Am I losing it, or is he having a sneakily good tournament? I told y'all he's having a sneakily good tournament. Like when we give our ratings at the end of this tournament, he's probably going to get a pretty good grade yeah. on it with a curve. At, <laughs> at this point, is it even like sneakily? Because I feel like it is still sneakily because he's still a job guy. Mm. They're treating him like a joke, but it, in terms of like the record books. But when you actually watch the content of the matches, he's having good matches yeah but that's me like this whole year like i feel like every time we talk about doki it's us talking about him having good matches especially coming off of most recently that that never six man program that they did with um him and techers against chaos i just feel like every time we talk about doki i need to take a victory lap because i was so far ahead last year (laughs) when i told y'all this man's a lot better than people think he is. <laughs> yeah, you were ahead on that one. <laughs> um, Raising Falcons asked us, if Doki had to win six points in the tournament, who would be the three wrestlers he would beat? And I guess at this point, we have to kind of factor out everybody else that he's already, you know, lost to. Mm-hmm. So I think we're going to go you more, obviously. So what other two guys would you have Doki win? Against and I like this question a lot. By the way, um, I'm gonna oh Taguchi say, easily. You can you can do Taguchi. Uh, what about Master Watto? Get the win back. Yeah, fuck you, Watto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I haven't beat Watto and Taguchi. I agree. Yeah, and then uh, Yumura. So that that would be his uh six points right there. Bro, that's not even that unrealistic of a scenario at all. Yeah, I mean, you you could even have him beat Bushi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck you, Bushi. Give him eight points. Give my man eight points. <laughs> oh my gosh. Alright, let's talk about Yu Yamura. Zero points, three wins. Uh he lost to Bushi on the eighteenth, lost to Desperado on the twentieth. We've kind of discussed both of those. Obviously he came in as a late replacement for Kanemaru. Any thoughts here on Yu Yamura before we talk about World Tag League? Yeah, you know, Yumura coming in here, fiery underdog baby face. Um, he's getting a lot of offense and near falls on his opponents. He, he's been coming out the gates hot as soon as the bell rings, charging his opponents. Uh, seeing him start to bust some little new stuff out. You know, he hits a, a German suplex uh, in the Bushi match. It looked really great. 
Um, and so close, he's getting so close to getting his his double overhook on some of these guys, especially in, in the Bushi match. That was like a real kind of close situation there. He's getting some near falls, and he's looking really good. He's making the most of his opportunity. He's maximizing his minutes. Um, you, you talk about you know you know going for the quote unquote brass ring, you know, making the most of your opportunity. And I think that's exactly what Yumura is doing here. And I'm kind of glad he, he got in the tournament because it kind of played in, you know, his, his promos beforehand was talking about how he, he wants to get in, he wants to get in, and then he wasn't announced, and then Katamaru gets hurt, and then he gets in, and now, you know, he's making the most of this opportunity. Yep. Um, I mean, this is a very similar storyline to the Super Junior story we saw last year with Red Narita. Very reminiscent of that. Uh and these two guys, they're not exactly alike, but they're not completely unalike in the way that they're both so technically proficient and, you know, two guys I really admire in the ring. Um, I would, if I were to compare the two, I would say, because I think that's the close, like the most compelling thing we have. I do think Brendan Narita made more of his Super Juniors run so far than um, Yui Moore has, but it's still early. And the other thing, too, is Narita has sort of kind of fallen off the face of the earth since he left for excursion. People kind of forget about that Super Juniors run last year. Yeah. And I don't know necessarily, given the COVID situation, that Yamora is going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So, you know, maybe he can kind of use the momentum coming out of this tournament to kind of uh, push himself forward in in his trajectory within the company. Um, But, yeah. I mean, he's doing very good, and I think the really interesting thing that people are just wondering is, is he going to get a win? Right. So, I mean, time will tell. He he thinks he is. His promos afterwards is he's still winning this thing. (laughs) He's on on that uh, that Kojima. (laughs) Not yet, because, I mean, he's only lost three. So if he wins the last eight, I think he's got a good chance still, or... No, there's they're having nine matches, so he's got six more. Yeah, so yeah, he can go six and six and three. Hey, if he does that, you know, then he's got it. So yeah, so <laughs> no matter how many times he loses, he can still be victorious. Uh, let's see if uh, you know, young line here, Yu Yamura can pull out, pull it out here, pull a big upset of 2020, and uh, become the best of the Super Junior. Nice. So uh, let's shift gears here to World Tag League. Um, and we'll start here at the top of the block here. Um, Shingo and Sonata representing LIJ. They have six points with three wins and one loss. On the 19th, they defeated the current IWGP uh, heavyweight tag champions, Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi, and Zack Sabre Jr. in 20 minutes and 36 seconds. And then on the 22nd today, um, they defeated the the bat, the bull club team of Bad Luck Fale in the Crown Jewel Chase Owens. I think it's very interesting that with so many teams at three and one, you have decided to list this team as the top team in the tournament. I think that's uh, maybe some uh, personal bias. I don't know. Well, well, to be honest, I, I copied and pasted this this rankings list, um, so I I didn't personally. Put it in this order, so but I, okay, but okay. I probably I probably would have anyway, because um, <laughs> Shingo and Sonata are I think are pretty much the MVPs thus far of the World Tag League. Oh, shut your mouth! That <laughs> is not true. <laughs> oh um, my god, that is offensive for you to have said that. 
Well, to me, they're, they're one of the top teams. Uh, I think Shingo and Sonata, they are. They, they gel really well together. Um, you know, Sonata has the better end here with, with Shingo as a partner here this year. And they're having some great matches. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm enjoying. They're one of the few teams that I'm really enjoying in this tournament. What was the deal? I've been trying to figure this out. What's the deal with the nickname that Sonata gave Shingo? Which nickname? Uh, he called him by three letters that I didn't understand. It was like, ah, freaking A. I think I can't remember what it was now. Yeah, I'm not. It was like WTL or something. Yeah, I didn't see any of that. Yeah, I, I, I've I been watching the backstage promos, and yeah, he called him something else, and I was like, what is this nickname? And no one seems to know, so I'm kind of pissed. <laughs> yeah, maybe somebody on, on the translation, they will ask Karen, maybe she can help us out here, but... Uh, no, it was, it was just like three uh, letters. It was like GSL or something like that, and I was like, the fuck's he talking about? Those aren't his initials. And then I was like, what is he? And then I, I, I couldn't figure out what it was. I, well, I actually was going to ask you. I thought you knew. No. Well, I think, you know, LIJ, I think they have like their own little code. Because, you know, like Hiromu and Bushi, they're, they're finished with L-A-T or whatever. Yeah, and I don't know what the fuck that is either. Yeah, they, they're just throwing letters out. <laughs> and yeah, make, bro. <laughs> they're uh, fucking with us. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I really enjoy the uh, Dangerous Tickers matchup here on the 19th when uh, four stars uh, flat on that one. That's a big win. They got a, a uh, you know a non-title win over the champs here. So in a situation if they don't win the tournament, uh, you could have um, Lij kind of worm their way into that that dome title match. Yeah, possibly. Um, TKG. That's what it is. T is in Tom. K is in Kite. G is in Girl. TKG. Th- what I, the fuck does that mean? I think that'd probably be short for Takagi. That's T. TK, that's kind of like the order of what Takagi would be in. That's weird. Then that's like his little pet nickname for him, for Takagi. Yeah, you, you, Takagi. you take the they take the vowels out. You take the a, both a's and the i out. Yeah, you get TKG. All right. Well, yeah, he cut this promo and said this TKG is his favorite, you know, tag team partner he's ever had in his, you know, life. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Throw shade at uh, evil. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we did have some questions here uh, about this team up here. So first from uh, Reddit user JustAlittleBear01 says, Tenfold hat time. Do you guys suppose it's possible that Sonata may be leaving New Japan soon? And that's why he has absolutely zero direction, even though he was the runner-up in the G1. And they always seem to have something big going on with whomever has that position. Um, I mean, that's something I've kind of speculated about in the past. But, I mean, I don't know that to be the case. I kind of think... Listen, 2020 has been a weird year for everybody. New Japan has done some really good things with their booking to save things, but they've also done some really weird, questionable things. Uh, I mean, across the board, there's been a lot of just fucking weird things. And Sonata's booking has been one of those things. And you know what? Sonata's performances as a performer have also added to that as being one of those things. So, I mean, yeah. I think it's a combination of the two. Like the man's not really wrestling like he wants to be the best and they're not booking him like he's the best. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say he has zero direction. I think his direction is these, this tag team titles, this tag division. <laughs> you think so? Uh, 
I mean, I, I don't know what else it could be. <laughs> I, 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 I really think God's winning this shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, God could win the tournament, but I mean, we can we could see a situation where you know Ishii and Yano steal at the steal the trophies, get in the title met picture, and end up winning the titles, kind of things. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah, they beat the uh, Dangerous Techers. One thing too, we need to mention is um, I don't know if you mentioned this, but like that match with the Dangerous Techers, probably the best tag team match of the tournament so far and probably your leading candidate for the 2021 tag team match of the year yeah because that's right our, our voting period was you know ends with power struggle so everything that's happening right now will be in contention for the 2021 award so definitely yeah this matchup right now early contention for the 2021 uh, tag team match of the year there's probably some people listening being like tag team match of the year what are you talking about we'll get ready there's going to be a tag team. Oh match yeah, of the yeah. Year I forgot. Year. Yeah, spoiler alert. That is one of the new categories for uh, the 2020 Keeping a Strong Style Year in Awards. So get ready for that, ladies and gentlemen. Cheer. Uh So next question <laughs> here from Reddit user PSAN91. What do you think about Chingo's post-match promo where he said about him and Sonata going for the tag belts one night at Wrestle Kingdom and him defending the Never Belt on the other night? Who at this point do you think is a potential opponent for Shingo for the Never title? I think that that's definitely a possibility since we saw the same situation play out last year with um, Finju. So I don't think that's outside of the realm of possibility at all. And I'm still holding out hope for a Tanahashi-Shingo title match because that, that just sounds so fucking cool to me. Yeah, with you know nothing really clear on the horizon for tanahashi that's something I would love to see as well, you know, Tanahashi and Shingo. Um, besides that, I mean, he could get pinned by one of these guys in the tournament. I mean, you could maybe do Shingo and Okan or Shingo and Cobb. Um, maybe maybe it's one of the Techers, maybe. Maybe you do, like, Shingo and Taichi or Shingo and Saber one night. That, that leads to the tag match the next night. Um, I mean, there's Ishii in here that he, he's tangled up with. I mean... Um, Goto, there's several guys in this tournament that could potentially spark something uh, and lead to that, that never challenge. Yeah. So uh, any other thoughts here on the uh, team of Shingo and Sonata? Uh, nope. I mean, I think ultimately when you look at the teams that are at the top, they got to be one of the favorites just based on the fact that they're both such prominent fan favorites and it seems very precarious that they would, you know, team them up and, they're having some of the better matches at the tournament. They seem to be pretty uh, motivated. So, I mean, could they win it? Absolutely. I don't think that's uh, outside the realm of possibility at all. Uh, I did have a question here from Rambo and Slam Pig. Should have asked this one earlier. But it says, is it just me or has the World Tag League actually been better than expected? I have found myself enjoying the shows a fair amount. Techers, Empire, and the LIJ team are always fun to watch. For me, no. Um just because the, the 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 shows are always generally for the most part pretty good, and that seems to still be the case here. But I mean, um, one thing that I've noticed, and this is kind of across the board, whether it's tag league or super juniors, the first three matches of the night are getting about twelve, ten to fifteen ish minutes, maybe less. And then the last two, the semi-main event and the main event, are getting most of the time, which is probably people listening and hearing that and being like, well, aren't most shows like that? And it's like, to a certain extent, yes. 
But normally when you watch Tag League, it's not uncommon to see a banger on the undercard, maybe second from the top, or maybe they have a really good opener. We're just not getting that. Everything just feels very by the numbers, very cookie cutter. The early opening guys are going out and doing their competent match, and then the guys at the top are going out and trying to have an epic 20-minute you know, main event or semi-main event, and sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't. But this just doesn't feel to me surprisingly good the way that maybe like last year's tournament felt surprisingly good. Yeah. You'd see stuff on paper that you'd be like, that doesn't look like it's going to deliver. And then it did. And you'd be like, oh, shit, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely agree with you there. Um, so let's move on to the next team here. Also with six points, three and one, the Gorillas of Destiny Handsome Tamatonga and the Silverback Tangaloa, uh, they defeated their uh, Bull Club brethren here, Evil and Yujiro, on the 19th, 8 minutes and 36 seconds. And then on the 22nd, they defeated the Dangerous Techers, the current IWGP Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Um, very interesting. I, and I think they've got... Did I not watch them uh, beat... Evil and Nujiro? Yeah, that was the 19th. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I'm like, all over the place here. Okay. That's right. Okay. <laughs> you know what I was thinking happened on the 19th? I was thinking they fought uh, Fale and what's-his-face. Oh, Fale and Chase. Yeah, that was uh, earlier. That was their first uh, matchup, or one of their okay. first matchups. So they went back-to-back against the other two Bull Club teams, beat them both. You know, kind of slightly played into the whole, is there tension, is there not? But they didn't really lean into it. So it just kind of seemed like a non-issue in both cases to a certain degree. Right. Like they, they threw the two suite up at the beginning. That led right into a sneak attack and then them kind of brawling. You had, you know, Jado out there with the cane. You had Togo out there with the garrote wire. You know, both guys trying to distract the ref so they can use their weapon and stuff like that. But eventually it was a G.O.D. that was able to get the better of uh, evil and Yujiro here. If I ever, if if this wrestling thing doesn't work out for me, I will try to pursue a career as a manager, and I will take a page out of the Bullet Club playbook, and I'll be a master heater with my own weapon. But for me, I'm just gonna use like a knife <laughs> or like a fucking shank, you know. <laughs> when the ref's not looking, kick, kick it, and then just like walk away. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but yeah um you know god has been god they're, they're coming out here they're having the same kind of matches they normally do i thought the dangerous techers match was very good uh a higher end god match but you know it, it was good it wasn't nothing's been bad they've been fine oh i don't know the, the techers match he had um you know Saber stealing the kendo stick from Jado. You had uh, Tangaloa ended up getting the Iron Claw to uh, knock them out and get, getting the win there. So a lot of shenanigans in that. Yeah, but it, it's Tag League, bro, and it's Bullet <laughs> Club, and it's Geo. It's it, it's God against Dangerous Techers, who both cheat a lot. Like I still went like three and a half on it, which isn't that high. That's just pretty good, which is what they are. Like. You know, I'm not over or under praising them. I'm I'm being like they're exactly what they always are, which is just fine. I will say though, I I have been kind of impressed with Tangaloa. I don't know if you've like noticed 
like tangle up. I feel like he's, he's fucking people up. Yeah, and he's like hitting, yeah. hitting like inziguris and do, doing like all this athletic stuff, and like it's looking really well, good. Well, you know, I met that man, right? I know he did. Yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, for me, he just he kind of stood out more than uh, Tamatonga has so far in these matches. Well, I mean, in 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 work, yes, but in looks, no. No, yeah, Tama has the looks. Uh, Tangaloa <laughs> seems to have the work. Uh, I, I told my girlfriend that Tamatanga is now hot and handsome, and she disagreed vehemently. And I was like, "You don't know what hot is." <laughs> Makes me question why you're even with me. I mean, <laughs> give me these compliments, and you can't even see the beauty that is Tama. I don't even know. <laughs> Blinded. Um, so let's move on to the next Bullet Club team here that also has six points, and that would be Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. On the 19th, like we mentioned, they lost to Girls of Destiny, and then on the 22nd, they defeated the Chaos team of Ishii and Toriyano. Evil and Yujiro are basically at this point where, like, I'm kind of like, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this shit. Uh, yeah, I mean, at this point they could, and I'm glad we spent this whole year pushing Evil so he can end up right where he always is in the IWGP Tag Title match at the Dome. The other thing too is probably not because Yujiro is the partner, and I don't know if they're gonna. You know, I I kind of think he is just there to kind of be like Evil's pin eater, and they're just having a good run because Evil's next IWGP champion, so. You know, he's adding a little bit of star power to the tour, which is, I guess, good. But um, the their matches, I haven't been envious to watch at all because it's two of my least favorite performers of the entire year teaming up and going out there. The funny thing is they're actually having better tag matches than any of the singles matches I saw them have all year. But I'm still just not that into it, plus all the cheating. So Right. Pretty much the same finish we're getting in all the matches they win, some kind of distraction into the low blows and same old, same old. So Yep. So then we could uh, move on to the, another team that's also with six points, three and one. The new team of the Empire, Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb. On the 19th, they defeated the Bull Club team of uh, Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owen, 6 minutes and 47 seconds. And then on the 22nd, they defeated Finn Juice, David Finley, and Juice Robinson, 15 minutes and 50, 15 seconds. So that 22nd win there, kind of a big win over last year's World Tag League champions. Yeah, that's, uh, that's an important win for them. Um have you been following what's been going on with the backstage with these guys? So I haven't seen the backstage, but I've seen kind of screenshots. And I know Cobb has been uh, mentioning, like, there's going to be a, a new member that they're bringing into the Empire or something like that. No, that's just kind of speculation that isn't really at all. So here's what's been going on. The first night during the post-match, they, like, tried to interview Cobb. And Cobb didn't say anything. He literally just like stood there. And it kind of reminded me of like, do you remember when Shelton Benjamin was doing those weird promos? Yeah, where he's just like staring and like looking around kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was supposed to sort of be like ominous or like menacing in this case. But Cobb just kind of came off looking confused. So nothing happened. Then the next night he comes out and he just stands there again. And then, like, for a lot, like, more time than is necessary. Like, it was way too long. So then he's getting ready to walk away. He doesn't say shit. And then they're like, Cobb, can we just ask you one question? Why did you join the Empire? And then he goes, 
he points at the camera. He goes, you. And he walks away. So I'm like, oh, I guess he's doing the you people you know, right. deal. Then the next uh, time that he comes out, same shit. He's just not saying anything. And then finally, they like, you know, do you have anything to say? And then he's like, just remember the hatchet. <laughs> <laughs> so like people are people are like trying to say that him saying remember the hatchet is an allusion to the idea that someone else is coming in. But that's not at all the case. I mean, maybe it is the case, but it's not simply like extrapolated based off of what he said. All he said is remember the hatchet. What the fuck does that mean? doesn't mean anything like part of me is like okay he's a terrible promo so maybe it's not the worst thing in the world but then there's the other fact that he is having really bad promos by not giving promos at all (laughs) so it's like it's catch 22 i don't know we we have a question here about this uh from maserati he says when jeff cobb mentioned hatchet was he alluding to new jack joining osprey's faction you know because he stabs people i don't think so (laughs) <laughs> I think it I think it could be the butcher of the blade. Uh open the door, B. Mm, mm. Um you think you think the Empire is colluding with the, the Kingston family? Yeah, maybe the Butcher, the Blade, and then Kingston's the hatchet. Maybe we're getting Eddie Kingston, the king, the hatchet. He's coming in. Mm. That's the Empire. <laughs> um but yeah, I think the Empire ha- have been looking good in these matches. They've kind of been like running through people. Um, Cobb's been getting most of the pinfalls here. Very interesting that they're kind of you know making Cobb kind of this monster bruiser uh, of the Empire and kind of wrecking people. I mean, the the tour of the islands that he hit on uh, David Finley today was incredible. Finley's going for you know his uh, slice of bread gimmick and and Cobb just kind of blocks it mid air, catches him, turns into tour of the islands. Absolutely incredible. Um, so I'm I'm really liking the team of Ocon and Cobb thus far. Well, one interesting thing I kind of forgot about this, but if you think back for and as soon as I say it, you're gonna be like, oh yeah. Who was Oka the young lion for back when he was in New Japan? Uh, I'm blanking. It was Tanahashi. Right. Yeah. 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 So that first night attack against Tanahashi, I saw a promo where Suji brought it up and he was like, you know, before you left, you were Tanahashi's right hand. Basically, you're his young boy. Now I'm his young boy. And we kind of transitioned places back in the day, transitioned places back in the day, um, you know, and you kind of prepared me for the role. Now, you know, you come back here and and you attack that man with a chair. You kind of sold your soul He's like, next time you try to attack that man, you're going to have to go through me. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, I forgot. Oka <laughs> was Tanahashi's young boy. And I was like, oh, maybe that attack was a little more meaningful than I thought it was. Yeah. But, um, and maybe, yeah, maybe that's, like, people were kind of speculating, maybe that's leading to the dome, and they're going to tell uh, more of a story there with uh, Okan versus uh, Tanahashi. Yeah. So Tanahashi's going to be. Jericho and then Okan would be what Fandango. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I mean, uh, I, I, the team's been pretty impressive. Um, I think one of the things that's been lacking amongst both tournaments is a lack of actual narrative. You know, that's one of the things we praised about this year's G1. Everyone has 
a, a story, a narrative kind of surrounding what's going on with them. And it's very little of that in, in the super juniors. If you're really honest with yourself, I mean, sure. You could dig deep, I guess, and try to, you know, attach a narrative to a guy if you really want to, but oftentimes there needs to at least be some allusion to it in the promos or the commentary. There's very little of that, but at least with this team, there is a narrative here. Like they're this new conquering, you know, group and there's a lot of mystery. We're trying to figure out what, what the fuck is going on with this team. And, uh, you know, are there other people joining or what's their aim? You know, are they going to beat everybody? And it's kind of exciting. So, yeah. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing more of the empire and it's kind of how their whole story kind of flushes out with the rest of this tournament. So then the uh, next team got to talk about are the current IWGP heavyweight tag team champions, the dangerous techers. They have four points with two wins and two losses. Like we mentioned on the 19th, they lost to LIJ and then on the 22nd, they lost to gorillas of destiny. So losing the two of the, the top contenders here. Yes, they lost to two of the top contenders. I also don't see them losing too many more matches in the tournament. So I think that those two losses are going to be very telling as far as who might win the tournament. Um, yeah, th- those are going to be pretty important um, for sure. Uh, it's it's not the dead giveaway, but it, it's, you know, obviously it's a, it's a big deal. So uh, for me, Techers are far and away the MVPs of the tournament. Um, like, I, I don't think that's disputable personally. I mean, that they gave, is undisputed. Yeah, I think it's undisputed. <laughs> <laughs> I think they gave G.O.D. The, the best match of the tournament. I think they gave Sonata and Shingo the best match of the tournament. And I would say the same about the other teams that they've beaten so far. So, um, yeah, and I mean – they're probably going to be not for sure. There's another team that we'll talk about when we get to award season, but I'm pretty sure they are my tag team of the year for 2020 and they're getting off on the right foot for 2021 as well. Yeah. Tai Chi and Sabre, they've just gelled well together. They're one of these teams where you, you, you hear those two guys and, and on paper, you're like, I don't know how this is going to work, but it's been working perfectly. They've came, they've become a great tag team. Uh, just like you, I, I'm voting them, you know, first place um, in, in the 2020 awards of tag team of the year. Uh, yeah, these guys have just been killing it this year, and they've been doing, like you mentioned, once again here in this tournament, been looking great. And I'm expecting them to kind of continue to have, you know, good matches, good to great matches um, in the remainder of this tournament. Who do we have after that? So after the uh, Dangerous Techers, we have Finn Juice, Juice Robinson, Dave Finley, last year's World Tag League champions. On the 19th, Finn Juice, they defeated Hanares, 11 minutes and 18 seconds. And then on the 22nd, they lost to the Empire of Great Okan and Jeff Cobb. Uh, so Finn Juice, I think these guys have, have been looking uh, really good in this tournament as well. Um, you know, these guys, they really haven't been able to work together um, since before the pandemic because Juice was out with that injury. And you know, Finley's been kind of getting a little bit of a singles kind of run on strong since Juice really hasn't been able to be there. 
So uh, these guys is kind of getting back to action here. I thought they they were looking really good here. Uh, the Hanar Ace match was a pretty good match, um, and so was the Empire match. It's another team that they've been having really good outings. You know, they had last week we talked about that good outing they had with God in a rematch from the Dome. So uh, Finjus has been um, a really solid team here. Uh, David Finley, uh, we've kind of already seen, has been in a really good shape compared to like previous years and. I, I think he's improved a lot, and I think he's been looking really good here. Yeah, the the thing with Thin Juice is like, okay, you hauled them all the way to Japan for this tournament. Uh, granted, I mean, that was sort of a given. They are the ex-IWGP champions, with even even though it does, might not seem like it, within the same calendar year. And they, they're the returning uh, World Tag League champions, so it's like you kind of have to have them. But then you also have to think about the fact it's like, all right, they're away from their families. Um, Finley doesn't live in Japan, I don't believe. I think what Juice does, right? Yeah, Juice does, but not yeah, not Finley. So it's like, um, you know, Dome season's coming up. What do you do with them? And there's a lot of speculation that people think they should win this thing again. Um, I'm not getting that feeling the same way I did last year. Um, I don't think I called the tournament for them, but I think that we both thought that there's a high likelihood they could win it. I, I'm not quite feeling that, but I still think that they're – like we've kind of mentioned, there's a lot of parody-based booking already. And I mean this is similar to what we saw from them last year. They kind of had a start-stop, start-stop sort of start to the tournament, and then once they got on a roll – kind of quietly snuck up the rankings until it's like, oh, Finjuice are like at the top of this thing. So maybe we'll see something similar here. I'm not quite sure yet. They are one of the better performing teams in the tournament, but um, I mean, the one good thing, Juice, his hair is kind of like growing out long again, so it doesn't look as crazy. <laughs> <laughs> at least he can like put it in a bun or something, so there's that. <laughs> yeah, and just like the G1, Juice has done a great job of like getting the crowds into their matches uh, with the you know, kind of the We Will Rocky kind of style chant there. And so, yeah, really fun, energetic team. Um, I think they're going to have a good rest of the tournament. So uh, next up, also with four points, two and two, we have the team of Toru Mohiro Ishii and Toru Yano. On the 19th, they defeated their Chaos teammates of Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi. And then on the 22nd, they were defeated by Evil and Yujiro Takahashi. Really liked the Chaos versus Chaos team uh, match. I think that's a match we we both speculated would be very good. Uh, I think it delivered, especially for a 15-minute match. I went like three and three quarters on that one. Um, the the Bullet Club match I wasn't as much of a fan of. Um, you know, this is a team that consistently delivers year in and year out anytime they're in the ring together. Uh, it's just one of those kind of it's weird because it's like they're like an odd bedfellows, you know, the odd couple sort of pairing, but we don't get too much of that like WWEism. Like you're this way, I'm that way. We don't get along, you know. We don't get too much of the uh, the team hell no shtick with them. They kind of just gel because they're both chaos members, but they're like two totally opposites. But they just happen to have great matches every time they're out there. Um, we haven't gotten too much of that just yet, but I think they're, you know, having a solid, you know, run in the tournament. Yeah, I, th- I think in, yeah, Ishii and um, 
Yano here have been looking good together. Obviously, former teammates, former IWTP Tag Champions. Um, Are they? Didn't, they won. They won that triple threat match, didn't they? When they sold the trophies. I don't remember. I don't think they did. Because they stole the trophies and got into the title match, and then and then they won the, won that title match. I feel like they lost and then stole the tag titles and were never the actual champions. All right, but yeah, maybe I'm getting that confused with them stealing the titles, but I, I had thought that. I don't know. It was like 2017, maybe 2016. Maybe they did. Let me look. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, yeah, it's experienced duo here. Um, and, and, you know, Tomohiro Ichii, you know, top camp. Oh, former IWGP tag team champions together. Wow, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that was like when we started the show. That was like one of the like one of the big story angles there with them stealing the trophies and then getting getting into the title the title match and then winning the title match. It was like they weren't supposed to be there because they didn't win the tag league. <laughs> um, but I don't remember that shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so looking good here. Uh, I think we'll see some more solid performance of them. I mean Ishii wrestler of the year candidate Guy is incredible in singles, tag, six-man tags, eight-man tags, ten-man tags, um, I, I bet, battle royals. I bet you he'd fucking rule an intergender, too. Intergender, um, you know, if he cut down to be a junior, he'd be great in that. He already is a junior. <laughs> uh, you know, if, they, if you put him in a four-way, three-way, six-way, you put him in a limited chamber, a hell in a cell, um, you know, a, a House of Horrors match, He's gonna find a way to have a banger. He's the only man that can make a uh, <laughs> a blindfold match work. Yeah, you you put him in there against Cameron Grimes in a blindfold match. It'll, it'll be you know yep. four and a half. Yep. Uh, yep. You know you put you him. Get, you, you do a coal miner's glove on a pole match, and that's just gonna be five stars. Exactly. In, Inferno match, <laughs> like he. <he's> just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ishii should be the KOPW. <laughs> Oh yeah, that'd be funny. Maybe that's what this is leading to—is a split between the two team members. Mm, yeah, you know, Ishii in the back of his head's like, I haven't forgot. You've been teaming with Cobana. You've been, you know, messing around with the Gucci. You've been, you know, doing all this stuff, and it's not even all that deep. He's just gonna look at him. He's gonna be like, "This guy, the king, fuck out of here." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, so the next team also with four points, two and two, their chaos teammates, Hiroki Goto and Yoshihashi, two thirds of the never six man tag champions. Like we mentioned on the 19th, they lost to Ishii and Yano. And then on the 22nd, they defeated Hanares. Team's doing really well. Um, you know, they picked up that big win we mentioned last week over the Empire kind of like a surprise roll-up sort of victory. And then uh, they were, you know, obviously they lost on the rebound against Ishii Yano team, but came back from that beating Hanares. These are, you know, the, the Hanares team is the team that's at the bottom of the rankings, though, so that's kind of a gimme match. They kind of needed that big win over their cast teammates as sort of a setback for them. And um, they are 2-2, two and two, but they've got a lot of tough opposition still in front of them. So it's going to be interesting to see where they where they go from here. But they are one of the better performing teams in the tournament. Um, and that's the thing. Like, you know, earlier we were asked, was this tournament sneakily good? And I guess in a sense it is because you're getting a lot of like three and a quarter, three and a half star matches. And that's 
you know, pretty high for New Japan tag team standards. Um, so you are kind of hearing us being like, this team's good, this team's good, this team's good. The problem is throughout the year we just don't see enough of these teams teaming together or, you know, actually having any sort of stakes or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think these guys are looking well. Also, you know, we've, we've talked about Yoshihashi just kind of being on fire this year and uh, him and Goto have been gelling well together and that, that, that unit with him, um, Goto and Ishii, has been great this year as well. So I expect we'll see some more uh, good performances from these two. Yep. Uh, after that, we got Bad Luck Fale and Chase Owens, zero points, zero wins, four losses. They lost to the Empire on the 19th and then lost to Sonata and Shingo on the 22nd. Um, six minutes, 47 seconds for one match, nine minutes, 54 seconds for another match. So, you know, they're going out there having short matches, putting over other people. They're losing. This is my, you know, I would say like worst performing team of the tournament, but there's a job someone's got to do and they're the guys that got to do that job. So, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, it just seems like Chase and Balak have not been able to, you know, get on, you know, that that same page or that same kind of wavelength uh, since reuniting here in this tournament. And, yeah, just, you know, eating a ton of losses here. And, obviously, Chase is eating these pinfalls here. Also, they're protecting Bad Luck Fale. And so, yeah, this they're going to be these teams that just – they're, they're going to probably continue to lose the tournament until they're going to probably pull a spoiler on somebody and, and Fale will get the pinfall on somebody. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're going to go winless, but uh, right now, you know, it's they're very close to already being eliminated. So right, because they, they there's only going to be five more matches left uh, for tag league. So yeah, they would have to be five and four, and hope and hope everybody else loses. <laughs> yeah, they could. They might even be mathematically eliminated, depending on. You know, you need to ask a math expert. I'm not yeah. that guy, but it is possible yeah, we they might be uh, already. Ask our, our stat man, Chris Sampsa, and see. Because he, he's, he's doing stats and charts for, for Tag League and Super Bro, Juniors. Bro, I'm, I'm not asking him to waste his time to figure out whether this team that we already know is not going to win <laughs> might maybe be able to squeak in somehow if they miraculously beat the next five guys. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, that's all I got to say, really. Yeah, I don't got much on them. And also, right there at the bottom of the block with them are uh, Hanar Ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Toa Hanare. Zero wins, four losses. On the 19th, they lost to Finjuice. On the 22nd, they lost to Goto and Yoshihashi. Yeah, they're losing. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say here. Tanahashi, I saw one promo where he came out, and he was like, it's very clear that... Uh, I'm useless to New Japan at this point. Yeah, and then, and then uh, Hanari came out and he's been cutting promos about how everything is so different now. He's been gone for eight months, and all these other guys, you know, cheated to get ahead and they took the easy way out. But he only does it the hard way, the losing way. <laughs> he's gonna figure it out one of these days. So, yeah, That's pretty much it. Yeah, but I, I think Hanara, he, he's been looking good, um, you know, incorporating a lot of that, that Muay Thai uh, training that he's been using with the strikes and stuff like that and showing a lot of fire. He's another guy, almost like Yuri Amora, where he's kind of making the most of his opportunity here and teaming with Tanahashi and trying to show fire and uh, make the most of, of his minutes he's getting here. He always looks good. Uh, that is the big difference between 
the Bullet Club team at the bottom and then the Hanares team at the bottom is they are making the most that they possibly can. Tanahashi, I do think he's gearing up for something at the Dome because he's not really putting in a lot of work or a lot of minutes during these matches, and that's pretty standard this time of the year for him. So uh, I think that's sort of a, a dead giveaway. I think hopefully 2021 is Toa Hanares' year. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um questions here before we kind of preview what's coming up this week uh first from uh from reddit user jdun128 who do you think will win best of super junior and world tag league right now i mean i'm pretty much sitting i think it's still going to be hiromu although you know there's still that part of me that thinks it could be show mm. yeah and this kind of all plays plays into the next question from uh karen on Twitter, she says, like, any of your predicted outcomes for either tournament shifted in the last week due to the outcomes, or are you just standing by your, your original selections? And that's a great question. Um, as far as tag league goes, I'm still G.O.D. What, what are your selections for these two tournaments, first off? So, originally, when we did our preview show, I said, I think I went with Hiromu for Super Juniors, and I also went with G.O.D. for tag league. Based off of this past week of action, uh, I'm still sticking with Hiromu winning. Um, like you said, I mean, Cho could win. Um, and with Hiromu already having a pinfall over Ishimori, that's that's a way to weasel him into the title match. Uh, Robbie Eagle's another guy I, I think could win. But for right now, I'm sticking with Hiromu. And then also for Tag League, I'm sticking with my prediction of G.O.D. Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think what's shifted so far based on the outcomes is uh maybe some of my projections of some of the particular competitors and how well they may or may not do throughout the tournament it hasn't shifted enough to where i'm like convinced new individuals or new teams are going to win but i'm like oh you know sonata and shingo might do better than i thought they were going to do or like the empire things like that so and I gotta say, before we go into this preview, this has really never happened to me on the show. I mean, there have been times where like we've done long shows, gotten tired, but like towards the end of this like tag league thing, I'm like literally like yawning, like my <laughs> eyes are getting heavy, like I'm like, oh fuck, we gotta move on. Yeah, so uh now we're gonna Save me Y2J. <laughs> we're gonna look at the shows that are coming up this week and kinda like last week we'll kinda pick out which match we think is gonna be kind of the match to keep your eyes out for and not so much give uh, predictions here. Um, so starting off, we have the next show on November 23rd, uh, which will be a Best of Super Junior show. Uh, we have Taiji Ishimori versus Yamura, Bushi versus Robbie Eagles, Hiromu versus Doki, Taguchi versus Sho, and El Esperado versus Master Wato. Interesting night. One of the few shows that Hiromu's not in the main or semi-main. Uh, makes sense, though, because he's got Doki next on the docket. Uh, for me, ah, man, this, I would say this actually looks sort of like a down night in my opinion. Um, I mean, I guess I'd have to go Desperado Wato since that's the main event, but like based on just pure talent, it's probably gotta be Taguchi's show. That, I don't know. I'm kind of looking at Hiromu and Doki. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it, it, it could be Hiromu and Doki. I mean, but. I mean, do you think Doki's got a chance to beat Hiromu? I don't think he has a chance to beat him, but I think, you know, it's the, the middle of the card match right before intermission. I think I think those guys can get, um, you know, 15, 
10, 15 minutes and it'd be a banger. Hey, I'm not going to fight you on that one. It's probably the case. Um, after that, we got Tag League November 24th, Finn Juice against uh, Fale and Owens. After that, Evil and Ujiro taking on Hanar Ace. Third match of the night, G.O.D. taking on the cast team of Ishii and Yano. Semi-main event, Dangerous Techers taking on the Empire. And the main event, Goto and Yoshihashi taking on Sonata and Shingo. Yeah, I think I think that main event there of uh, Goto and Yoshihashi against Shingo and Sonata, I think that could um, be really great. I agree. In match, that looks like a banger. Um, speaking of which... So far, what we haven't really gone over. I like last year we did this. Do you have any matches you would have recommended from this uh, tag league tournament so far? Uh, thus far, the only thing that I would tell people to go out of their way to watch would probably be uh, Dangerous Techers versus Shingo and Sonata. You gave that four stars, yeah. And then I, I gave um, Goto and Yoshihashi versus Ishii and Yano. I think I went like three points on five, I think, on that one. Um, nice. Okay. But um, as far as storyline-wise, I think Dangerous Techers versus the Empire is very interesting because, you know, IWGB Tag Champs, the new faction, that's going to be an interesting kind of standoff there. Yeah. Then we have uh, Best of Super Juniors on November 25th. We have Hiromu Takahashi versus Yu Yamura. Doki versus Master Wato, Rizuke Gucci versus Bushi. In the semi-main, we have Taiji Ishimori versus Robbie Eagles, and the main event's going to be El Sparado versus Show. Very interesting. Uh, I gotta say, man, this actually looks like one of the better um, Super Juniors nights for me. Uh, I know you got Hiromu in the opener, but it's like Doki Wato. You got a rematch there that. That might actually be pretty good. Um, and then you got Ishimori Eagles. That's a highly anticipated match. Former teammates. And then Despy Show. I, I think Despy Show is probably my highlight match of the evening. But, I mean, that's a good Super Junior show. Probably yeah. the best so far. Yeah, for me, I, I, I would circle Taiji and Eagles. I think that's going to be uh, a banger right there. It may be. I mean, they're going to give them time. So you're probably right. Uh I think both the main event and semi-main event are probably both going to be really good. Yeah. Um, Tag League, November 28th, opening match, Ishii and Yano against the Empire. Second match of the night, Bullet Club team, Folly and Owens against an Ace. <laughs> Someone's O has to go. <laughs> Dangerous Techers in the third match uh, against the Bullet Club team of Evil and Ujiro. Uh, semi-main event, Finn Juice against Sonata and Shingo. And then the main event, G.O.D. against Goto and Yoshihashi. Yeah, I think that's semi-main of Finn Juice and Sonata and Shingo. I think that's, that's, that's the match that kind of intrigues me the most here. I agree. That's got a you know, um, low-key banger written all over it. So Then on the uh, 29th, back to best of Super Juniors, we have Rick Gataguchi versus Yu Yamura. El Esperado versus Doki, Sho versus Master Wato, Taiji Ishimori versus Bushi, and then in our main event, we have Hiromu Takahashi versus Robbie Eagles. Well, I mean, that's it for me. I mean, there's some good stuff there, but Hiromu and Eagles match I've been waiting for for quite a while, so, I mean, I'm pretty hyped for that. Yeah, that should be excellent. November 30th, World Tag League. 
Evil Nijiro against the Empire. After that, Goto and Yoshihashi against Fale and Owens. Third match of the night, Ishii and Yano against Hanares. Fourth match of the night, G.O.D. against Sonata and Shingo. And then the main event, Finn Juice against the Dangerous Techers. Yeah, I think once again, the main event is going to be what's looking good here with uh, Finn Juice against Dangerous Techers. I don't think we've seen these two teams clash yet, have we? Because Finn Juice was feuding with G.O.D. pre-pan. Well, I guess they would have faced off in last year's tag league. Uh, they haven't didn't, fa- didn't they wrestle at the Tokyo Dome? No. Well, it was oh, fit. no. that was You know what? I'm, I'm tired and I'm getting G.O.D. and Dangerous Techers confused. I mean, yes, they've fought in the tag league before, though, for sure. Yeah. Uh, but it probably first time this year and first time with Dangerous Techers as champions. Yeah, they've definitely, like, both teams have been elevated to a new level in 2020. So um, this is going to be one of the first really high-profile matches between these two teams since their both of their elevation. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of intrigued by the G.O.D., uh, Sonata Shingo match that's not only uh, an intriguing match stylistically but from the standpoint that both of them have wins over the dangerous techers and they're both you know potential favorites to win whoever comes out of that with the with the W that might be the deciding match for the tournament already or one of them anyways because that's going to give them a huge tiebreaker victory at that point yeah so then that moves on to December 2nd, best of the Super Juniors. We'll have Doki versus Yuya Yamura, Ritsukataguchi versus Robbie Eagles, Bushi versus Master Wato, Taiji Ishimori versus El Desperado, and then the main event of Hiromu Takahashi versus Show. Yeah, I mean, Hiromu Show's, that's it. <laughs> yeah, hands down, yeah, Hiromu Show, that's good. That should be another uh, great matchup there. So we got seven matches between now and next week that are going to occur that we have to review. Or seven shows. Yeah. Jeez. All right. <laughs> strap, strap in, pal. <laughs> Let's talk about New Japan Strong. Yeah, so we had a night two of the New Japan Showdown Tour. We had Clark Connors and DKC uh, defeating the Regal Twins from a rematch from a few weeks ago, getting the win back there over Logan and Sterling Regal. We had Rust Taylor defeating Rocky Romero and kind of, you know, Aligning himself more, kind of that story with uh, Team Filthy there. We had Jeff Cobb defeating J.R. Kratos in kind of a Hoss match there, which had a post-match angle that saw uh, Danny Limelight turn his back on Rocky Romero and join up with Team Filthy. So now Team Filthy is Filthy Tom Waller, Russ Taylor, J.R. Kratos, and Danny Limelight. And then wow. in our, in our uh, main event, we had uh, the IWGP Right to Challenge briefcase on the line. As Kenta and his perfectly uh, intact briefcase defended against David <laughs> David Finley, and so he defeated Finley, put him to sleep, and Kenta is still the holder of the briefcase. So I'm looking at grapple ratings. I'm seeing basically three across the board, but I was hearing really good things about Rocky Romero and Russ Taylor. So uh, was what I was hearing kind of not accurate based on these ratings? I mean, what did you think? I mean, I thought it was a good match. I think you'll you'll like it a lot. I know you're a big uh, fan of Russ Taylor. Um, and obviously both guys are really good. Ten-minute match. Um, I mean, it wasn't like it's going to be like a, a match of the year contender or anything, but it, it was good for Strong. Well, you know, one of the things we talked about, we needed more stakes. We needed more storylines. They're starting to build storylines with guys that 
uh, are here in the States, you know, like filthy Tom Lawler and his goons. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a, at least one step in the right direction. Yeah, I was glad. Yeah, we had uh, with that post match angle and kind of this formation of a filthy goon uh, here, and yeah, I'm, I'm kind of digging the direction of that thus, thus far. Then uh, next week's tour is going to be um, it's going to be the road to detonation, which is going to be the next uh, tour theme they're doing. Um, and we had a question from Karen. She says, "How will NJPW USA's detonation fit into the grand scheme?" Of NJPW programming is it their road to Tokyo Dome? Nah. So detonation means they're going to blow something up. Guess what it is? New Japan Strong. <laughs> At the end of this tour, <laughs> shit's ending. That's the end of Strong. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the case, but I don't really see it as their road to Tokyo Dome because I don't know. Like I don't see them having. You know, some kind of big Wrestle Kingdom type show for Strong. I think they're just going to keep doing these different show tour names every couple of weeks just to try and keep things fresh. Um, and honestly, I don't think it, it's going to play that big of a role. I think it's just going to, it's just the next, the next, gimmick. it's just the next thing that happens. Shit's just going to keep rolling on. Yeah. That's I, all it is. Yeah, I'm just, I'm hoping now with some more kind of story direction, you know, we'll, we'll get some more kind of bigger matches with like Team Filthy against, you know, the Huntai group of like Rocky and PJ Black. Well, Jeff Cobb is still a Bayface on this show and teaming with with you know, Rocky and PJ and these guys against Team Filthy. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. So we got some news here starting. Uh Right now and running for the next 10 days, Tokon Shop Global will be launching its first annual Black Friday sale to celebrate an incredible first year. They're giving away customers all over the world a 20% discount on selected goods. Yeah, so lots of you know Black Friday sales going on and one going on with Tokon Global Shop. You can uh, check that out. On uh, November 19th, 2020, New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, was part of a meeting in Japan's lower house of representatives. It's part of a multi-partisan meeting to discuss the promotion of professional wrestling and mixed martial arts. Representing the professional wrestling world in the meeting was uh, NJPW president and CEO Takabi Takami Obari, who made the following statement. He said, New Japan Pro Wrestling is just one part of an entire professional wrestling industry that's been deeply affected by the pandemic. Yet history has shown that professional wrestling has been able to unite the hearts of many and bring people together in the face of deep adversity. From the very early days in post-war Japan, wrestling has taught us to never give up and to keep fighting until the very end. And, uh, you know, until the count of three. So in the wake of the coronavirus, Wrestling is more important to this society than it's ever been. That said, we're currently operating under limited capacity venues. Many fans are concerned about the health risk of the events. While we had no cluster or cases arising from events, these concerns have a deep effect on attendance and sale of goods. Uh, So as Mr. Hase has alluded to, along with the seven organizations that are present here today, we're preparing to form an industry-wide committee that can properly work in solidarity with the government. For the time being, we're deeply grateful to those with the strongest possible backing in this venture. So sounds like they're trying to maybe gather support from the government, maybe alleviate the limited capacity that they have. I mean, what were you th- what do you, what were was kind of like your, you know, interpretation of what was going on with this? 
Yeah, kind of similar to you. And also, you know, cases are. I know there's been a few more some rises in cases in Tokyo. Obviously, not as you know bad here in the United States. So, I think just kind of getting support from the government and just kind of showing you know their procedure, especially in New Japan, like they they haven't had any outbreaks or any cases from their traced back to their shows or any arrests or outbreaks. So. Yeah, trying to get get that support of the government, kind of showing like their procedures and protocols are working, and maybe yet yeah, lift the capacity, or maybe be able to kind of do some more stuff. Um, regarding Minoru Suzuki, who appeared to be, uh, you know, reportedly knocked silly in his never title loss to Shingo Takagi on November seventh. While he's not on the current tour, he did work an indie show on November fifteenth for Tenryu, which would indicate no concussion in that match, which. Uh, if you recall, I sort of never thought that he was hurt at all because I don't know that that whole thing seemed to be something that was popularized by Dave, right? But nothing about the body language looked at all to me like we were watching someone that was concussed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Suzuki, he, he can blame you know Archer for not being on this this tour. Uh, was that his tag team partner last year? Pretty sure it was because. We had, had Dangerous Techers, I mean, and uh, Dave Smith Jr. was gone, so I think it was him and uh, Archer. Who could he, who's left over that he could have tagged him with? Is there nobody? No, because uh, Doki's a junior. That's it. All the, yeah, that's it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> so we got some questions, just a couple, and then uh, we're going to go to recommended match of the week. Yeah, so uh, first question here from Reddit user Hawaiian Punch BV. Yuji Hino recently announced that he would be leaving Zero One at the end of November. Such a big free agent in the waters. Do you think New Japan should bring someone like him into the roster? Imagine matches with Ishii and Goto. Imagine a rematch with Shingo. I mean, at this point, with the limited roster that they have just due to the COVID situation, um, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, it would make a lot of sense. I mean, you know, there is an advantage to having big domestic stars. Because, you know, you don't have to bring someone from overseas. You don't have to worry about travel restrictions, quarantining, things of that nature. And Yuji Hino is a fantastic talent that's still able to kind of go. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I don't know that I see him uh, being a slam dunk fit with the company or anything like that. But, uh, I mean, I would love to see him there. And I think that he could really add quite a bit. And the last time we saw someone from outside, the last two guys that were – you know, domestic stars that were brought in, you know, Ishimori and Shingo, they both really added quite a bit, you know, in the short times that they've been with the company. So, I mean, I would love to see Yuji Hino be brought in. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Yuji Hino, but I'm all in for, you know, bringing in some fresh faces and getting some fresh matchups. And, you know, I'll see if you're uh, putting him over. He, he must be pretty good. So I'd be looking, to, looking forward to seeing if uh, New Japan bring him in. Grunty Dodds asked us, he said, we're truly living in unprecedented times. The Never Six Man titles are somewhat interesting. Do you see the cast guys getting a proper match with a decent amount of time at Wrestle Kingdom, or will it be another mediocre gauntlet match as to fit as many people on the card as possible, or will it be the best of both worlds, a gauntlet on night one, and then uh, that establishes a challenger for night two? Yeah, I mean, with two nights, there there are multiple scenarios they can go with. I'm not, I don't think we're going to get a straight up uh, six man defense. We'll probably get a gauntlet, like like I mentioned, and get as many people on the card as possible. Give them that that Wrestle Kingdom payday. 
Um, but with Goto, Yoshihashi, and Ishii, I think depending who else you throw in there, that gauntlet could still end up being pretty good. Um, I mean, I'm pretty confident that history repeats itself and history tells us these guys are going to have a gauntlet that will get as many people on the card as possible, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, Ishii, best wrestler, one of the best wrestlers on the <laughs> roster, in a gauntlet again. <laughs> Rich Lada asked, when is the last time Tetsuya Naito went to a gym? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't I don't keep tabs on uh, the leader of Los Ingobernables de Japón. Um, that man goes to the gym all the time to wrestle. <laughs> that's that's his workout. Wrestling is his workout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's. Uh, that's gonna do it. We 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 covered all the questions. So recommend a match of the week. Last week you recommended Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Tomohiro Ishii from Power Struggle 2013. Yeah. So what do you think? Uh, this is a match. I I believe I've seen it one time in the past. It's on that same. Um, it's from the same evening where Naito gets like booed out of the building and everything like that. But um, this match is very good. It's a rematch of the uh, G1 match that those two guys had earlier that year, which I do think is a better match overall. But it's a fitting uh, follow-up to that legendary match between those two guys. Um, and I mean, the the only really big thing here is like from a historical standpoint – Obviously, we kind of know who was going to win this, but even in the context of watching it live, because of you know New Japan being sort of like you know basically given to the the, the schedules they have and how everything has to run, you kind of knew that there was absolutely no chance that Ishii beat Tanahashi. Whereas, like in the G One match, it was plausible, and there was a lot, you know people kind of buying into the near falls. But overall, I mean, I still went four and a quarter on this match. I thought it was very, very good. Hard hitting, you know, Ishii working the neck, power bombs, lariats, Tanahashi, you know, just fighting spirit, no selling stuff, still as athletic as ever. Um, Ishii, like, eating all these dragon suplexes, all these uh, dragon screws, uh, high fly flows. You know, uh, the Styles Clash, that was really cool. I mean, there's just a lot of great stuff in this match. Yeah. Def- the dueling headbutt spot. Yeah, th- yeah, this match was great, and I would definitely love to see, you know, another Tanahashi Ichii match in the future. Yeah, the um, the Juwan match they had, I think, in 2015, 2016 is like five stars. It's awesome. Nice. So what's the recommended match of the week? Well, you know, I've, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? Jeremy hasn't seen too much Tiger Mask or Dynamite Kids, so let's rectify that. So uh, I'm going to have you watch the August 5th, 1982 Dynamite uh, Kid versus Tiger Mask match. It was the Wrestling Observer Newsletter match of the year in 1982. Nice. Looking forward to checking that out this week. Yeah, and I mean, um, the, obviously one of the most legendary uh, match series in the history of wrestling. Um, I, this is the last major matchup before the more critically acclaimed uh, April 1983rd match. But I personally like this match the best out of the entire series. So, 
Alrighty, yeah, should be some great stuff there. So yeah, that's pretty much going to wrap things up for this week. Um, like we mentioned last week, we are um, so close to finalizing our 2020 year-end awards. I'm pretty confident that we'll be able to uh, finish that this week and hopefully get the ballot out maybe towards the end of this weekend um, coming up. You know, it's Black Friday weekend, so... Looking forward to, uh, you know, getting those ballots out and getting you guys voting. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think the last couple things we just – we we literally finalized the match of the year list. We finalized the wrestler of the year list. Those are the two big ones. The, the only four categories that we're still working on is angle of the year, news story of the year, fighting spirit award, and the excursion match of the year. And most of that is we we can wrap it up pretty quick. So I think we can have the voting out by at least by the end of next week. Yeah, maybe even earlier. Yeah. So keep your eyes peeled for that. You know, we'll post the ballot out on Facebook, Twitter, the Reddit, Discord. Um, If you voted last year, look out for email. I'll email you guys uh, whatever email you gave me last year. I'll email you you know the link to this year's ballot. And like usual, we always try to get. More votes than we get the previous year. Every year we've been able to kind of break the record of the the amount of people who vote in the awards. So want to do the same thing this year. So once you vote, make sure you share it with your your friends, your New Japan friends, and you know let's make this thing you know popping. Absolutely, I cannot wait. One of my favorite things of the year. And also we'll have at some point we'll do also the, our bonus show too, and kind of breaking down all the nominees and categories and stuff like that. So. A lot of fun stuff coming up here um, next week. Oh, yeah. A lot of fun stuff. I can't wait for next week. All seven <laughs> Tag League and Super Junior shows. Yeah, so next week we'll be back to discuss uh, all those shows that will be happening in this coming up week. Uh, if you enjoyed today's show, please consider making a donation by visiting com slash donate. Click on the donate button under the Keeping the Strong Style logo. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, the show is at KI Strong Style. The network is at Social Suplex. You can follow me at Jeremy L. Donovan on Facebook. We're Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. Uh, and you can find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group, Facebook.com slash group slash Wrestling Squared Circle. On Instagram, we are at Social Suplex. On Reddit, I'm the Pro Black Guy. Josh is keeping a strong style. You can find us in our Discord server, Social Suplex, which is in the link for that in the show notes of this show. You can email me, Jeremy at SocialSuplex.com. And check out all the other shows here on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. We have One Nation Radio, hosted by Rachel Atta and James Boyd. We have the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show from Scotland. We have the Grave Consequences Podcast, hosted by Caleb and Maserati. We have the 8-Bit Suplex Podcast, hosted by Josh Number 2 and Sandy. We have All Things Elite with Floyd Johnson Jr. and Austin. And we have the Great Match Generator with Danny and Beast Mike. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and review. And we'll catch you next week on Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts. Itchy band. Thank you for listening to Keeping It Strong Style. We'll see you next time.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.